Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my friend Will. What's up? And my good friend, the Professor Smoke. Hey. And today, we're going to travel back to the year 1987. And we're whoa, dis- whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Why Smoke your good friend? <laughs> well, look, you're both my good friends. I just... Oh, I'm jealous. You know, I, I need to uh, you know, <laughs> lather him up a little bit more, that's all. Oh, oh so it's a ruse. I got it. Yes, Go ahead. yes. <laughs> you could have let me have the moment just for a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very selfish person. Um, we're traveling back to the year 1987 uh, to one of our favorite uh, cult movies. I, I, you can officially call this a cult movie because it was a financial flop in uh, the box office when it came out. Uh, so we're going to be talking about The Monster Squad, of course. So we're going to discover whether Wolfman has nards or not. Wolfman has nards! <laughs> Indeed he does. You know, there was actually uh, one of the main characters uh, in this movie, uh, Sean. He's basically the main kid, right? He's the leader of the Monster Squad. Uh, his name was uh, Andre Gower. Um, he actually like directed and produced a uh, documentary back in like 2018, so this is fairly recent, called Wolfman's Got Nards. And uh, I looked around to see if I could uh, find it anywhere. I don't think it ever got released on anything. Like, it's not straight. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I did see that too out there. I mean, I've seen it out. I mean, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've seen information about the documentary being out there. And I was like, well, let me double check. It's not on my DVD for sure because my DVD came out before that, although there is yep. a decent documentary on the DVD mm-hmm. too. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently, like, the uh, best I can tell, it's never been released on anything other than, like, a uh, small theater on, like, an Alamo Draft Houses, that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. And, and then, of oh, course, wow. it played in, like, uh, film festivals and stuff like that. But as far as I can tell, that's pretty much it. Like, never been released streaming, never been released on DVD or anything. So hopefully maybe one day soon, you know, we'll be able to get our hands on it and talk about it. But uh, it sounds like it'd be pretty interesting, you know, at least... Wait. Up- Wait. 
You want to get your hands on Wolfman has nards? Yeah, why not? On I mean, Wolfman's heart? It sounds like a, a, a positive experience. I wouldn't see why I wouldn't want it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it. It's just, it's just five minutes of Wolfman nards. It's really weird. <laughs> well, let's face it, all you need is about yeah. two, right? So. <laughs> Extra fuzzy edition. <laughs> but yeah, that DVD you're talking about, I think it was the only DVD release of this movie. Um, which was like oh. the 20th anniversary. So this would have been 2007 that it came out. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It was I a think, two, that two disc set. I don't know if it ever got put out on Blu-ray or not. I, well, I think it did, but uh, at least from what I read, the Blu-ray only basically only had the movie. Oh, it, okay. it didn't have any of the extra shit that you know was on that 20th anniversary two-disc DVD set. And apparently it only got released once on VHS, too, back in like 88 on uh, Vestron Video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did used to have that. I don't know what happened to that. Mm -hmm. I, I can't find my VHS copy of it. I did have that. But it, it's just weird that a movie, I guess weird but understandable, that a movie that is so popular, the cult status of it, that there haven't been more releases other than just basically one VHS release, one DVD release with stuff on it, and then one bl uh, lean Blu-ray release. But from what I, could, I could be wrong, but from what I can tell, that's pretty much all that's ever been released. That's You'd think there'd be more, you know, some beefed up... Uh, Scream Factory or, you know, or whatever the oh, hell yeah. edition out there somewhere, but no, at least not yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember who put the Blu-ray out if they did. Like I said, I, I definitely have the two-way DVD, two-disc set DVD, but the Blu-ray, I don't even remember the same company or what. And now I don't we, know if it might, might be a licensing deal where they, some of these, like Scream Factory couldn't get a hold of it or whatever. But. And now we're three years past the 30th anniversary, you know, as oh, yeah. of right now we're recording in 2020, so... So odds are you're probably not getting anything new, at least until the 35th, maybe the 40th yeah. uh, anniversary. So it's going to be a while before you see anything more, I, I would imagine. M but maybe there'll be more extra stuff whenever they finally release Wolfman's Got Nards on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do They do need to do that. Those those documentaries are pretty awesome because I've seen, uh, I think it's called Just Desserts, which yeah. was the creep show, full-length, feature-length documentary. Interesting. So, I mean, when they're put together that way uh, and – a lot of times these uh, DVD documentaries, special features are, are, you know, they're well put together and everything, but they're not as extensive as when these feature-length ones are made. And uh, so hopefully yeah, somebody will get around to putting that out. Yeah, and there's so many streaming platforms now like Hulu, Netflix, you know, that have a ton of documentaries. you think one of them would, you know, throw Shutter, it up. that'd be right up Shutter's alley. Sh yeah, even. and Shutter has a lot of uh, those type of uh, documentaries too. Mm-hmm. On their, on their service, so yeah. I guess before we get into uh, the background and everything else we're going to talk about today, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at AASpookshow. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can find us by searching All American Spook Show. We have a Tee Public page. You can go on there and buy logo merchandise. I, I keep meaning to get around to some new stuff on there. There's a couple of different... Uh, logos on there like the older logo and now the newer logo um i'm pretty sure it's on there so you can buy t-shirts and mugs and whatever else they slap the logo on you can find that there and eventually we'll get around to some uh some more stuff so i guess before we uh dive into some of the background uh what have you guys been doing in the middle of a literally global pandemic obviously there's no theaters open so i mean what have you got what have you guys no, been streaming and, and amc's in danger of closing for good unfortunately it seems like yeah i saw that that like uh apparently their credit rating has went to shit and they may never open it back up yeah which is pretty crazy but... yeah i'm sure uh, regal or another one of these big 
so that that won't go. I, I would find it hard yeah. to believe that they would completely go. Won't away. be a thousand, you know, hundreds of thousands of theaters. <laughs> abandoned just, theaters yeah, the... theaters empty forever. <laughs> There's no way that some billion dollar corporation doesn't come and scoop that up. Right. You would think, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? This has affected things so hard, man. There's no really no telling what's going to happen in the near future. That'd be a lot of theaters. Because like, isn't AMC the biggest theater chain in the in the U.S.? I thought, I I thought it was. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot of other ones out there. What like Cinemark and and uh, Regal, Regal and stuff. But yeah, I, I would have I would assume that AMC would have been the biggest one. I'm pretty sure in one of those articles they said that AMC was the AMC was the biggest in the U.S. So yeah. You wouldn't think that would just go away forever. Somebody'd have to snatch that up if that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can buy it. The All American Spook Show. Yeah, it'd just be uh, sp- Spook Show. Theater spook Show Theaters. <laughs> spook Show National. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and come watch the latest Disney movie. <laughs> and Wolfman's got Nards over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll be. That's right. We'll have that in the midnight movies. Uh, Will, have you been streaming anything, watching anything new lately other than what we've been talking about here on the show? Not really. I haven't really got to dig into that much TV. I've been watching uh, the latest season of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it hits Disney Plus? That's honestly about it. I'm still watching the second season of Clone Wars, so I got a ways to go before I get caught up on that. <laughs> now, I didn't watch it, but I walked in occasionally on my wife watching uh, The Tiger King. <laughs> oh, we watched that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we I, definitely I, watched that too. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. I'd kind of forgot about it already. Uh, but yeah, we 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 blew through that in like two days. <laughs> yeah, you, you did, did too. You, you did what? Hey, yeah, I blew the tiger th- straight through the Tiger King. What? <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes tonight, huh? No, you're the one tossing them up. You're right. Toss them what? Oh, <laughs> that's what I said. Damn it! <laughs> it's a little too easy tonight, guys. I'm a wide open. <laughs> oh, I should just stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that is uh, interesting. I don't know. That's I think that's like uh, America's train wreck right now. <laughs> like man, well, I every... like I was telling somebody yesterday. I think it was whenever we look back on the coronavirus, we're gonna think it's gonna automatically the next thing after coronavirus you're gonna think about is Tiger King. Yeah, it's gonna be like <laughs> in this era. It's gonna be like uh, all the holidays and birthdays and shit you missed. It'll be all the sports that just went away for a while and Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even count how many memes there's been for this thing. Oh, I've dude, seen it's, it's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah, you go on Facebook uh, now, or any of those. The, the one thing that, that that you know, like I like I said, I didn't get to sit down and watch it, but I walked in on it occasionally. It, it very much reminded me. Did y'all ever see? I guess it's a documentary called "The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia." I never watched it, but I remember hearing about it. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it follows around like this family, the Whites, uh, and they're pretty much all like whacked out on meth and doing crazy <laughs> stuff. Like and going to jail, shooting people, all that stuff. Yeah, it's kind. It's kind of like that, except like it. It kind of t- uh, tells the. It's almost like a tragic tale of this dude that you know is kind of a, a big time local celebrity in his little area, if not known nationwide for you know like owning this uh, big cat zoo park. It's kind of just his story. The story of this dude's downfall, basically. But it's literally like watching a train, a redneck train wreck. You know, it's just. <laughs> And then there was the other guy uh, who has one in Myrtle Beach, which I didn't even know about until this documentary, yep. really. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, never, I didn't you know, know about, I didn't know anything about the dude. I knew of that park down there. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there's a, uh, there's a place, you know, if we don't want to get too local, 
But there's a place there, you know, for everybody that's not from around here and never been to Myrtle Beach, down there called Barefoot Landing. It's like a huge uh, shopping center. It's like an outdoor mall, basically, but it's a, sh a huge outdoor shopping center around like a big lake, you know, and there's theaters and there's all restaurants and all kinds of stuff around there. And uh, inside there, there's like this uh, glass cage where they uh, they don't always have them there, but I think pretty much every day there's at least a couple of tigers in there. And uh, that's for that dude's park. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, he, he basically they set it up in there to where you can take pictures of tiger cubs or, you know, you can just look at the tigers in the cage or whatever, and then you can pay to go over to his safari park. That's that dude. You can pay, like, 300 and some odd dollars. Oh, yeah, it's something crazy. Yeah, it's like three, four, <laughs> five hundred bucks just to go to this dude's safari park. <laughs> And have your pictures taken with Tiger Cub and whatever the hell else they do there. I don't know. But uh, it, it seems like a weird scene, at least according to that documentary, man. it's <laughs> This dude's got like a harem going on, according to that. <laughs> yeah, he's got, what, at least three or four or five wives? I don't know. Yeah, it's like they, they frame it like this dude's like basically got like a harem going on with all these women that he hires. Whenever the Cubs get too big to take the cute pictures with, they go and have them put down. I mean, that's the, that's the way they frame it in that's that documentary, cool. man. It's pretty fucked up. Now, we don't know, you know, they I don't think they know any more than we do whether that's true or not, but that's kind of what they claim, basically. But it's pretty wild, though. I mean, I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. I mean, since you got nothing better to do right now, and I'm... It, we don't need uh they, they don't need us to pump Tiger King you know clearly but uh <laughs> no. if you haven't checked it out by now you probably should it's it's fairly entertaining and it's only like seven episodes too so you can blow through it pretty quick uh, Smoke you been watching anything else other than Tiger King over and over again <laughs> Yeah we finished up uh, the Office finally got through the whole thing ah. I like I said I I'd seen the first I don't know four five seasons of it maybe mm -hmm. after that it was all pretty much new to me beyond that so uh so that was cool. It still holds up uh, pretty good. I mean, you know, uh, since yeah, it's been a handful so. of years. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it. I mean, it holds up well. Of course, it's not. Uh, you know, just the way the storyline unfolds. I never thought of The Office as one of those things where. I mean, now I could. I, I know I'm familiar with the episodes, I guess, but it's not one of those things where you could just throw it on like any sitcom. You know, it, it's got storyline to it and everything. So mm -hmm. you could come into it like I don't know who's this guy. You know, it's, where's Michael or where's it? that type of thing where it's just. Uh, if you haven't seen the whole thing all the way through, then you might be not where you know know where you're coming in at. So, unlike you know classic sitcoms where it's a beginning and ending story per episode. So yeah, I mean it's, it's harder to yeah it's harder to pick up on that than it would be like an old episode of Andy Griffith or something where you yeah know, you know there's yeah. Andy Barney uh, Opie and Aunt B here we go you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is one of those that has, for me personally, has replay ability every few i don't know so many years or so i could go back and revisit some of them again but mm. uh and i love the show it's just not one of those that, that like like you were talking about like andy griffith or sanford and son or something where if it's on i could just watch it instantly and and you know get right into it or whatever i, th I mean there's yeah, a hand there's a handful of shows for me that are like that but the one that i always think of immediately when you say that it's like seinfeld i mean i could watch that yeah oh yeah all the damn yeah. time dude like <laughs> if it's on i'm gonna yeah, watch at least a few minutes of it like, oh yeah it's that episode you know and then yeah. move on but <laughs> A little bit of a takeoff on that. Have you ever watched uh, uh, Parks and Rec? I only see, when I used to work there, it was, I think, maybe the first season it started. you remember when that show started? It was. It started before 2009, right? Or around 2009, I've, maybe? I don't remember. Uh, give or take, yeah. But I, I remember I that being... I do remember it being on. I remember that season. being like a spinoff of The Office, and I was like, man, I want to watch that. And then, like, I think I watched the first couple, and it just didn't grab me, so I, then I just never really watched it. You know, other than just bits and pieces off and on. I mean, it's yeah, always looked I'm good. I'm just... the same camp right there with that as far as when I worked there. I'm pretty sure the first season started then. I probably saw them as I was working. You know, yeah. 
same a few same bits thing. and pieces of those episodes, but I never I haven't seeked it out beyond that. So. Same here. You should you should give it a try. Like again, the first season, they're definitely trying to find their footing. Okay. Uh, you know, it was it was definitely like they were trying to be you know the second version of the Office. Oh, okay. But uh, about about the time they hit their second season, they hit their stride, and it's good from from there on. You know, I'll have to check that out because we were just talking about that. Once we got to that last episode, of the Office is kind of like bittersweet. Cause like, now what are we gonna do for it? <laughs> you know, as yeah. far as one of those things where the Office, you could just put it on, you know, blow through an episode two, maybe three, depending on how much what's going on. Sometimes a bunch of things was going on, so we ended up watching four or five episodes in a row. <laughs> now it's good. Sometimes you just might get to next week and then we'll watch another episode, another just kind of. It's like one of those comfort type shows, you know. Now's as good a time as any to start something like that, you know, finally just get around to watching something oh, yeah. like that. So I might dive yeah. into it. I remember at the time there was supposed to be a spinoff of uh, Dwight Schrute, you know, uh, Rain Wilson's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was going to be one? Yeah, because yeah, uh, apparently, like, I think in that last season, if I'm not mistaken, there was kind of a soft pilot for uh, – it was going to be about him on, like, his uh, farm and all that. And it was, like, a cast of people, like his family or his old girlfriend or something like that. They they kind of had an episode that was somewhat of a soft pilot, and then I guess it just kind of it just never went anywhere, and then it just went away. Uh, was it a couple of uh, revisited a couple of old uh, favorites horror movies? Uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead, Spanish horror film from the seventies. It's sort of one of my personal favorites. We watched that since the last time last show that we did. I think that's about it. I mean, there's probably something else in there I'm forgetting, but that was the main things we watched. Now take it back. I have watched a good bit of uh, Daniel Tiger, <laughs> uh, and his neighborhood, <laughs> and his neighborhood. Uh, I just didn't think y'all wanted to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, with that being said, I guess uh, you know we can go ahead and toss to the trailer for the Monster Squad from 1987. call when you have ghosts but who do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad what's a squad it's like miami vice i think they're young and inexperienced naughty virgin they're a bit disorganized monsters are not real we don't know that sir two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves but when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Whoa! Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? You wait for the werewolf. Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the world. Real monsters? Midnight in the world, remember? Maybe we can be like Mass Squad and Stitch, you know? Two mass bombs. We got a 1035 Stitch backup. Hurry up! Our nature squad. The book is right. Don't you think it's all true? By midnight. You guys! They won't seem so young anymore. Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone. 
And that was the trailer for the Monster Squad. I guess before we go into the the background, um, Will, tell us about, you know, obviously this isn't the first time you've seen it, uh, any of us really, but what's your uh, history with it, I guess, you know, your initial reactions? When, when I first saw it, I was a little kid, so I'm going to guess probably somewhere around 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably watched it on HBO, and I remember thinking, hey, this is this is pretty good. Boy, that doesn't hold up. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, like, yeah, I mean, I, I remember enjoying it and, and, you know, doing the little catchphrases of, you know, any 10 year old thinks Wolfman has nards is, is funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's my history with it. Uh, Smoke, what about you? What's your history with it? And then and now, uh, I guess what I first heard about it was in, uh, Fangoria. I think I started reading Fangoria in like 1986. So some article or other on there. Is where I first read about it or heard about it, but I don't remember it playing in theaters, where where I'm from and town I was from. I don't remember it hitting theaters there now because that could be just because it didn't take off anywhere else at first. It might have been a limited thing, and I know it didn't do well now, box it, office wise. Now, so. to, to I'll let you continue in a second, but to that mm-hmm. best I could tell, it was it probably only played wide for about two weeks. Oh, okay, because the first so that week probably, that probably explains why I didn't see it here. Yeah, first <laughs> week it, it it didn't even crack two million, and then like I think it played wide one more week, and then it was pretty much gone. So, yeah, there's probably you blinked and you missed it. So probably, yeah. <laughs> if it was playing yep. near you, you know, probably. Just, yeah, if it even played, it was probably just that that one week maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it, it was just in and out. Uh, so it would have been the VH uh, Vestron video release, whenever that was, eighty, sometime later in eighty seven or eighty eight, early eighty eight. Yeah, I think it was. It was a, I think it was in eighty eight when it came out. Uh, renting that the first time was uh, I saw it and then I, I loved it. I mean, I knew, like I said, I'd read the article about it, knew I was, it was something I was going to be interested in, and then when I saw it, it was instantly kind of screamed. You know, of course, Goonies. That's the first thing you kind of think of is Goonies mixed with the Universal Monsters, and for me, that was right up my alley. And actually because of the horror aspect of it, I guess I even, I even placed this movie higher than I would Goonies, I guess at the time. So I really, really enjoyed it. Probably watched it. I don't know, five, six times back in that era from the 88 to, you know, 92 or so. Uh, I had the VHS at one point. Don't know what happened to it though. And then picked up the two disc uh, DVD edition when that came out. And I've seen it probably another five times you know since i had the dvd myself i can't tell you how many times i've seen this movie like i would imagine probably the first time i saw it was probably on hbo it could have been a video rental possibly but i I would imagine it was probably on hbo showtime cinemax one of those at the time because i I think we we had like one of those we didn't have like a satellite you know one of those descrambled satellite deals but we had like for whatever reason uh we had like this code like we had cable right and there was this code you had to punch in to get the uh, on your remote to, to get like the pay channel. Oh yeah. And uh, well, we would put that code in. Like my parents, they were only paying for like HBO or something, right? You'd put that yeah. code in, and it would give us all the movie channels. <laughs> like, and, and it was like this for a couple of years until I guess finally they uh, found it out, and then like, they took it away. But uh, so yeah, <laughs> any of those, whatever it was playing on at the time, that's probably where I saw it the first time. And then uh, we we taped it, and then me and my brother just watched it. You know, it was part of the loop. Then you know, like God knows how yeah. many times I've seen this oh, thing. Yeah. Um, when it's something like the AU code or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like AU, yeah. and then like five or six numbers or something like that. And then uh, your uh, premium channels would click on. Um, but yeah, uh, we taped it and we just watched it ad nauseum. So God knows I've probably seen this movie two dozen times, 
and Lord knows how many times, like just in bits and pieces. So yeah, yeah, this, oh, yeah, yeah. this was definitely yeah, one of, kind of what I did with him. I saw a lot of it was I dubbed it <laughs> as I did with a lot of those VHSs. We had two or two or so VHS decks and just connected them up and dubbed it. And that was one, you know, that's yeah. And, and <laughs> that I think, song wasn't, wasn't a copy guarded. And I think that was one thing we've talked about. I'm sure we've talked about this before in past episodes. We're like, used to put, pop in a tape like, oh, uh, Monster Squad's coming on at 10 o'clock. So you mm-hmm. pop in a tape and then just let it roll for six hours or eight hours or whatever your play was. Yeah. And then you get up the next day to see what else you taped. You know, <laughs> it was that kind of deal. So. <laughs> and it turns out it was really, really good. Horns. Horns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be like the Monster <laughs> Squad and then back to the beach and then all of a sudden just straight up. Did you Emmanuel. Know? Yeah, one of those Emmanuel movies. Emmanuel in America or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that... Felicity? I, oh, I don't know. I watched it... Hypothetically t- speaking. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically. Uh, not that we knew the titles of them or anything. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> um, we just make that up. This popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move it along. Uh, <laughs> Great hosting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, so... Uh, I remember just, uh, and I was probably at the time, give or take, around eight, nine, ten years old, probably about the same as you, Will. So, yeah, this was right, right in that wheelhouse. And I was a, a big Goonies fan, and, and there's some obvious uh, comparisons to uh, to this movie, you know, or to those both both those movies. You know what I mean? So, uh, and which we'll get into that shortly, I'm sure. But um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. As far as uh, I loved it back then, and I still love it for what it is now. I mean, it's uh, it's corny, but you know. It, it it serves its purpose, you know. So, it's not. Let's put it this way: it ain't meant for uh, forty, nearly forty year old Josh. It's meant for, uh, you know, nine year old Josh. Josh. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I that, know y'all keep mentioning the Goonies. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Uh, when they pitch this, it was like, all right, we've got the Universal monsters. All right, so just hear <laughs> me out. Goonies meets that. Right, right. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm with you. I'm with you now. Okay, you ready? Don't lose me. Well, let's bring a little E.T. little girl into this. Mm-hmm. Here's $12 yes. million. Dollars. <laughs> Go. <laughs> now, that's definitely probably what the studio that picked it up said. <laughs> I know that Universal, they pitched it to Universal, and Universal wasn't interested at all in it. So whatever studio had picked it up, I'm sure they, you know, they're coming hot off the heels of, like, Goonies and they're hearing about that. Okay, yeah. But then according to the director, he, his thing was like, okay, it's Universal Monsters and Little Rascal. Because he was a fan of Little Rascals or whatever, which okay, I can I can concede that. But if it wasn't him, then it was definitely producers and stuff at the at the distributor saying, you know, amping up that angle of like ET and the Goonies and a couple of other movies. And hell, even Ghostbusters because the trailer is like, you know, you know who to call when you have ghosts, but who do you call when you have monsters? Yeah. <laughs> so there's all kind I, of angles they were pushing in there with that. Also, also, I'll add since you mentioned that uh, this movie was called The Monster Squad, like worldwide, and and, in, and I'm sure it was interpreted in various language, right? Languages, right? In Germany, mm. it was called Monster Busters, so they, <laughs> they went straight for it in Germany. Straight for it, <laughs> yeah. Monster Busters. Yeah. On that, another note, though, Ghostbusters was called Ghost Squad. No, kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> the irony is sweet. <laughs> Uh, that that is what, interesting. One thing I didn't really look at. I mean, I looked at a handful of things, but one thing I didn't really look at was the uh, the fact that it's it's basically the Universal monsters, right? But like they kind of somewhat go out of their way to change them a little bit, and even they even renamed one of them. He you know he's not the creature from the Black Lagoon. He's just known as Gilman. Although I don't I don't <laughs> yes. think they ever say it. I don't think they say, "Hey, look, it's Gilman." But in the credits, the only time I remember hearing Gilman is in the song. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Monster Squad rap song. At the end. But <laughs> in the, the credits, yeah, but I also Gilman. thought I heard Creature from the Black no, Lagoon in there. Maybe, but I do recall them saying the creature or creature a couple yeah, of times. I don't remember ever hearing Black Lagoon, and in the credits they call him Gilman. So that that's a weird. I'm sure there's got to be some weird legalities there, right? Like about. Oh uh, yeah, there definitely is. I, I did I did pick up on a little bit of that 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 whole deal with them trying to to pitch the movie to Universal. That's what their original plan was. I guess they were in hopes that, or maybe had, or had high hopes that Universal would pick it up and they could just go with those, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. They would have went with the same designs, but since they didn't, they had to change, definitely had to change Frankenstein. They couldn't have the likeness of Boris Karloff on there because that was copyrighted. Yeah. In fact, other companies before them had that same issue, like Hammer Films, when they did their Frankenstein stuff in the 50s, late 50s or whatever, and early 60s, they, they had to change it up. Couldn't be anything like Boris Karloff because that was a copyrighted image and Apparently, the same thing for the mummy, Carlos version of the mummy, and uh, Bella Lugosi's look for Dracula. So, yeah, I, they had to, that's why they're a little bit altered. Think, you know, Stan Winston did all that. I would think that these characters in general, though, are damned, it, maybe not by then, I'm not sure, but by now, they got to be like public domain by now, right? Or close to it, because, isn't it like a hundred years? Yeah, I forget now as far as what the, as far as the universal look of monsters. I just mean in the they, sense of like Dracula, they, you know, like that's an, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's an old ass book. So, I mean, like, the oh, character yeah, yeah. itself can probably... You can probably... do your version of it, but I guess you can't do the likeness. Yeah, Universal's yeah. likeness. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the difference lies. You can do like... your own version of the monster. Yeah. yeah. So you could make your own Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, mm -hmm. and all these others, but yep. it can't look exactly like theirs. So yeah. maybe that's how they got away with it. It's close enough, you know, close but no cigar <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and like you're saying, with that, with that leeway, I forget how many years it is, but back in the silent era, you know, Nosferatu, Murnau was making that. He couldn't... He had to change it because of at that time, it was still under copyright, and I guess Bram Stoker's estate, mm -hmm. his widow or whatever, wasn't allowing it. So he basically just said, "Okay, well, I'll just call it Nosferatu and use the exact same storyline anyway." So, <laughs> but later on, of course, like, yeah, by now you can. I think pretty much anybody can make their own Dracula movie without having to pay any kind of rights. Yeah, it would be interesting to know, you know, where those characters lie, and like, and of course, I'm sure now it's. I mean, this is. This movie was, what, 33 years ago, so, you know, the rules that they were playing with have probably changed since, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, so this movie was released August 14th, 1987, here in the U.S. by Taft Entertainment Pictures, Keith Barish, or Barish Productions, and it was distributed by TriStar Pictures. The total runtime for this movie is one hour and 19 minutes, so it's quick. It's basically just an overblown, average, TV, like, hour-long TV program at this point, you know, <laughs> Like, almost combined two TV shows together, and here you go. It's rated PG-13, so th this this does toe a little bit of a fine line between, uh, even for a, a movie that definitely leans towards kids, you know, and we'll go into that a little bit later, uh, it definitely toes that line between PG-13 and R, you know, with language and some of the things that you see in it. Yeah, I think it pushes it, right? Pushes that PG-13 pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's definitely PG-13. There's no question about that. This isn't, uh, you know, G or, or uh, pg this is definitely PG-13 and, and, and damn near an R, you know, in some regards. <laughs> it is listed on IMDb as an action, comedy, fantasy. Notice horror wasn't in there, but <laughs> I did see, like, one description had as a, a you know, one uh, kind of fitted in that horror category, which I would, I mean, just because of the characters that are in it, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, that, I actually didn't, I mean, I've looked it up on IMDb, but I didn't pay attention to what genres they classified it as, but it, that's just weird to me that it hasn't been. Just the, the fact that it's using universals, well, not necessarily just universals, but classic monsters. Yeah, monsters, yeah. Should, should put it in the horror category yeah, you would think. right away. I mean, if it's got Dracula and or Frankenstein in it, you would just, 
yeah. right, it's a horror movie in, in some regard. Whether even, it's comedy or not, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, action, comedy, fantasy is what they listed on IMDb. So the budget for this movie was $12 million, which has to be quite a bit for the time. Like, you know, not yeah. not Terminator money or something like that, yeah. but that's a pretty good little bundle. I mean, even by today's standards, I mean... You know, probably some of your low-budget flicks aren't, you know, some of them probably aren't even getting that. I think well, we just, you mentioned Terminator, too. There's that connection with Stan Winston there in the effects. So I'm sure that was a little chunk of the pie. There was uh, Stan Winston creating all those creature effects. Yeah. And, you know, the explosions and things. There's, yeah, definitely was huge for that time, for that little of a movie. We'll just go back a couple episodes here on the, on the Spook Show. Uh, remember we talked about Leprechaun, right? If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the budget for that was only like a million dollars. Yeah. And that was in 1993. Well, you know, 1992 because it came out early 93. But that was 1992. So, so that was five yeah. years later, give or take here, five or six years later. And that was <laughs> that was made for a million. And this thing was made for 12 million. And it only grossed, uh, give or take, about 3.8 million dollars, which is not good by, by by any kind of money making standards. I'm sure in the time since they've made their money back and then some. But man, that's I'm sure that was a pretty hard. Yeah, pill. that's hard pill definitely a disappointment there if yeah. you're uh you know once you i mean if you see this movie you expect i mean you kind of expected i guess if you're the filmmakers that it would do well because it's definitely put together well yeah and uh kind of in that wheelhouse of like you had horror and horror comedies going on at the time as well as the goonies and everything going on so mm-hmm. you would i guess you would assume that it would do well definitely didn't though just to, for comparison's sake like we often do here i'll tell you what was out that particular week the week that it came out was August 14th to the 16th, so that weekend in 1987. So number one in the box office, Beverly Hills Cop 2. And, and it was nearing its, it, it had to be nearing the end of its run. It had already been out for 13 weeks at that time. Uh, number two, Dragnet, the one with uh, Dan Aykroyd and... Uh, oh, uh, Tom Hanks. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, number two that week was Dragnet. Uh, number three, The Untouchables. It had been out for a little while, too. Uh, number four, Roxanne, you know, the Steve Martin movie. Mm-hmm. Number five, Stakeout. Number six, Adventures in Babysitting. Number seven, The Living Daylights. Number eight, and this was in its first week, Can't Buy Me Love. Number nine, which was also in its first week, No Way Out. And number ten, La Bumba. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll just uh, skip down to number twelve, Masters of the Universe by Canon Films. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was number twelve that week. Uh, and it had been out a couple of weeks. Number thirteen in its first week, Disorderlies. That uh, that the Fat Boys, Fat Boys. movie. <laughs> right. The Fat Boys movie. <laughs> uh, num- number fourteen. I'll just keep going because this is entertaining to me. RoboCop from Orion Pictures. Mm, there's the a connection one. there. We'll get to that later. But there's yeah, a connection there's a couple connections there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number fifteen, a fairly comparable movie that week. The Lost Boys, 16 Summer School, 17 Back to the Beach, and then we finally get to the Monster Squad. Yeah, we, can't, we can't blow over Summer School. We've talked about it before. But we yeah. can't blow over that without mentioning <laughs> right. Chainsaw and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Beach, which didn't we mention at some point? It was like that uh, Frankie and Annette weird Pee Wee yeah, Herman like, movie. Right? Back to the Beach, yeah. Something Beach tells me we've, me- we've mentioned that at some point for some reason. But yeah, that, that was yeah, out. Yeah, we did. There must have been some actor or something. Uh, maybe. It must up. have been. And uh, finally, we get to number 18 that week, Monster Squad. Right after that, uh, re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Full Metal Jacket, another canon movie, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Well, that was uh, a blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did, way, it did better than Monster Squad. Although, <laughs> it's, fun, it's <laughs> it funny, too. Like that, that movie like made tons more than Monster Squad. But like which one... 
are you more likely to plug in and watch right now or is more favorably look back on between those two movies, you know? <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely Monster Squad. But I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that puts it in perspective there for sure. Uh, yeah, I always think those are kind of interesting to see what it was up against that week. But best I can tell, though, it lasted another week and then it kind of just floated away after that. So it did not do well. So this movie was filmed, best I can tell, it was filmed around October of 1986. Um, so a little less than a year before this. Um, and it was filmed around L.A., like in uh, uh, Burbank and a couple other studios and stuff around Los Angeles. Um, it was directed by Fred Decker. Now, from best I can tell, he he hasn't done, he's done a handful of things, you know, decent things, but not a lot of things. Considering what he's done, you would have thought that he would have been able to do more. Maybe he just wanted to go on and do other things or something, but like... Yeah, I, don't he, know. I know he wrote more than he's directed. Yeah, well... I mean, yeah, you would think that he would have been handed some more projects. He directed... He directed this. He directed Night of the Creeps. Yeah, Night uh, of the Creeps was his first movie, right? First feature film. I believe like, so. That's a great one that we got to get to at some point soon. On oh, the I'm show. sure. Yeah, I'm I don't sure know if you, have y'all both either. Have y'all seen that one? Before? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but yeah, I've seen it. Um, I don't remember if I have. Right? He. Uh, what I think of that one soon. He directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt, which I mean, him and forty other dudes did that, but still, it's you know, kind of <laughs> in the same vein yeah. of what we're talking about here. He directed RoboCop three. Which is probably yep. the worst of the three main RoboCop <laughs> yeah. movies, right? But he and directed. I think that was his last feature-length film, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty I much. Know why. <laughs> but he wrote probably more. His bigger claim to fame is he wrote House. Yeah, which oh, yeah. Is, I think was kind of the the thing that kind of put him on the map, so to speak, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually, him and uh, Shane Black, which we'll get into in a second, he they wrote the Predator, the one that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, the 2018 one. The 2018, the Predator. Yeah, he wrote that with uh, Shane Black. The same two guys that wrote like the same two guys that wrote this movie, Fred Decker and Shane Black. So that's that's the connecting tissue to uh, the Predator, his <laughs> Monster Squad. Yes. Now Shane Black, he's he's very prominent. He directed Iron Man three, he directed the Predator, you know, from a couple years ago, but he also wrote all four Lethal Weapon movies. He wrote The Last Boy Scout, and he wrote Last Action Hero, among many of other movies. We do the Six Degrees thing, and then that last uh, Action Hero has another connection, too, right? With uh, Tom Noonan that played the Frankenstein yep. monster in Monster Squad was the Ripper, I think he was, mm-hmm. in Last Action Hero. Yeah, and that dude's been it's in a ton of boy. stuff, too. Like, you know, I'm sure everybody yeah. would recognize him, even without the Frankenstein makeup. Trust me, you'd recognize him from other things. Yeah, he's um, a good, great character actor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was produced by Keith. Uh, there was like five or six producers, but I'll name three because they have some connections to other things. Keith Barish, B-A-R-I-S-H, could be Barish, whatever. He produced uh, Big Trouble in Little China, The Running Man, and The Serpent in the Rainbow, among many other things. So, you know, fairly recognizable producer. Uh, Rob Cohen, who was also the director of Daylight. Remember that Sylvester Stallone movie where they're trapped in like the uh, Lincoln Tunnel or something in New York? Whatever kind yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um he also directed uh from what I could tell, I think he was the director of the very first Fast and Furious movie, which has been forty eight of those movies made since then, but I think he was the director of the very first one. Um he was a producer on this. And uh he also produced uh The Witches of Eastwick, The Running Man, and The Serpent and the Rainbow. So there's clearly a connection there between Keith Barish and uh Rob Cohen. Another producer was Peter Himes, who directed Stay Tuned. Either of y'all remember that with uh, John Ritter? Oh yes, yeah. John Ritter yeah. and the 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 TV channel things or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was one of those movies. Like, HBO. I, 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 I forgot about that movie. Yep, yep. He directed that, and uh, I think that was one of those movies HBO must have had on a nonstop loop with Weekend at Bernie's because yeah. it seems like they used to show it all the time. He directed Time Cop, 
sudden death. So he's oh, okay. clearly got some connection with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. But he has directed a couple of uh, horror movies, The Relic and End of Days. Remember that Schwarzenegger movie? It was one of Schwarzenegger's uh, kind of last movies before he became the governor and kind of went away for a while. So this movie stars... Andre Gower as Sean. He's kind of the leader of the Monster Squad, the main kid. You would really only know him from this. He's been in a ton of TV shows uh, from the 80s and 90s. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, he directed and produced that documentary about this called Wolfman's Got Nards. We should keep account of how many times we're going to say the phrase Wolfman's Got Nards <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> That's a running count for you, Will. Get on it. Uh, this episode of the American All American Spook Show broadcast is brought to you by the Wolfman's Nard, <laughs> the uh, the Nard Association of America, <laughs> finding out whether wolfmen have them from east to east to west. <laughs> Nard dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's the office connection. <laughs> yeah, Nard dog. Robbie Kiger as Patrick. That's kind of like his main. Uh, main uh, friend, you know, kind of the, the kid has always got the sunglasses on the top of his head, kind of, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. kind of too cool for school, kind of wisecracking kid. Uh, once again, the comparisons to the Goonies, I think, you know, like you got the main kid, Sean, who's basically like the, uh, the main kid in Goonies, right? You got this kid, yeah. Patrick, who's like uh, the uh, Corey Feldman character uh, in Goonies. And then there's other comparisons as we go along, but it's it's hilarious. Basically, you don't. It would have been really funny if they had taken the real guy's name from the Goonies and just made that the character's name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might as well have. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, it's, there's so many direct correlations. Uh, it's nuts. Oh, yeah. um, but it's, basically, nard? no. it's Nards, man. Um, <laughs> Street Nards. <laughs> but really, the main other than this, the only other thing you'd remember Robbie Kiger from would be Children of the Corn. Uh, I think he played Job in that. Stephen mocked as Dell slash Sean's dad. So he's kind of he's he's uh, the main character, main kid's dad, and he's like the uh, uh, police detective. You would remember him from a thousand television shows from like the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Yeah. I mean, even today. I mean, like this yeah. dude's still active today, and he's been in a ton of stuff. But as far as horror wise, he was in uh, Nightwing. He was in Graveyard Shift in Trancers three, four, and five. <laughs> <laughs> That well-known series of Trancers movies. Duncan Riger, I guess is how you say his name, uh, Rhaegar, but uh, he plays Count Dracula. You would recall him from, a, once again, a ton of TV shows and stuff through the 80s and 90s. He was in a movie called The Banker, Blood Surf, Flying Virus, so plenty of uh, horror connections there with him. But I, I, by far, I'd say this is the most recognizable role. And like you just mentioned, Smoke, uh, Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster. has uh, been in a oh, ton yeah. of... Been in a ton of stuff, but he was also in the movie Wolfen, um, mm -hmm. FX, Manhunter, RoboCop 2, Last Action Hero, like you mentioned earlier. So tons of stuff for him and, and a ton of TV shows as well. Um, and he's even in some of those newer, uh, I guess you call them, you know, the new school of horror stuff that are kind of retro throwback movies like House of the Devil, Ty West. If you mm -hmm. that one. There's another one that there was like another one that Ty West directed that was like an omnibus type anthology movie. That's... Uh, escaping me right now but he was in that one too yeah he was also in that show uh i don't know if either of you guys watched it it was on amc a, f a few years ago called hell on wheels it was like a it was a western but it was kind of telling the story of how they built the railroad across the across oh the yeah I, I didn't see it but i remember yeah, yeah he was in that, that. he was he was really good in that too but like that's a really good show that's one if you want to go binge watch something i recommend it it was really good yeah hell on uh, wheels yeah 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 it also stars brent chalam as horace um you'd really only know him from this and a couple of tv shows but he died in December of 1997 at age 22 from pneumonia, like complications of pneumonia. 
Um, apparently he was going to like law school or something like that. Uh, so he hadn't really done anything in a while, you know, as far as movies and what and TV shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, tra- one thing I do remember him from, well, actually I didn't, I don't remember him from this cause he wasn't even credited in it, but I remember the name of the, um, if you call it movie within a movie, but do you remember the comedy moving violations from, I think 1985 sounds familiar. One of those kind of like, you know, one of those, just one of those police academies sort of slapstick type comedies that were going on in the 80s and uh where i forget the people get for some reason they get pulled over and they have to go to like a driving school type of thing uh-huh. uh, what do you call that when you got to get a to try and get it knocked off your record you know whatever yeah. that thing is yeah, where yeah, you, yeah. you get a yeah. ticket and you you know, got to go to this move well and there was the moving violations yeah thing or whatever so they had to watch this <laughs> short film called and they used to play these i remember in high school and stuff but the movie within the movie thing was called blood flows red on the highway and it was like one of those highway safety movies like against drunk driving or reckless driving or whatever and there was this group of kids walking across a crosswalk and this car it shows this car speeding down the highway and then you know the kids are walking walking and one of the, the camera freezes on close up and it's uh, and it's brent you know looking just like he did in uh in monster squad because it was about one year before that or two years uh-huh. before that movie and uh he, he's the one that gets hit by the car in it Wow. You know, like, <laughs> blood flows right on the highway, and there's like a whole bunch of blood on the windshield of the car. And it was done as a slapstick, you know, type comedy thing. But, Fuck but yeah, you. he was in that. I don't even think he was credited for it. Fuck you, Horace. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only recognized him as Hey Fat Kid. Yeah. Fat hey, kid. Even his friends call him Fat Kid. What the fuck? I, <laughs> hey, it's Fat Kid. My name's Horace. No, literally everybody calls you the fat kid. I was just doing what everybody else was. Yeah. <laughs> but you can look back at the bullies in this and be like, what? They were doing what everybody else was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and also there's a couple of uh, a couple of lines where they uh they drop the old F word and I'm not talking about fuck. Where they call them uh they EJ and the other kid that are bullying Horace, they call him a faggot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a yeah, couple they, times see, I said, "Whoa!" That's one of those issues of uh, you know, it's politi- you know, the political re- correctness nowadays. But back then, it was in oh, I don't know, comedies, yeah. dramas, whatever. It was just, it was just what it was. Yeah, b- believe me, I, I can't uh, say I didn't uh, sling it back in the day too. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was just you know, some something you're not necessarily proud of, but that was just kind of the that was a cut down back in the day, so to speak. You know, you just that was yep. just the way it was back back in those days. And clearly, it's, this is proven in this movie right there. <laughs> Well, kind of along I, the same lines, uh, the, the, the little kid that ends up writing the letter to the to the military. Yeah, yeah. He's running around the entire movie with a, a rebel hat on. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I didn't even really notice that. You mean like he's got yeah. like the uh, the uh, rebel? The uh, conf- yeah, yeah, like the rebel flag. Oh, n- not a rebel flag hat, but like the rebel soldier the in- hat. The Confederate oh, infantry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really think too much about it, but that's what's wrong with America. We don't think about it enough. <laughs> I know uh, Fred Decker in one of the interviews I saw him. He said something like he gets flack from from that type of stuff as far as the uh, you know political correct angle or whatever. But I mean, I, you really can't give a movie flack like that that comes from the eighties because I mean, all of them had that, had it in there, so it's just part I of mean, the you know I, I don't think part of the day. You know? Yeah, I, I, was it right? No, it wasn't right. But I mean, it just was what it was. You know, I mean, you, you know, it's yeah. like they always say you can't go back and erase everything. You know, like. Yeah, you just say, look, like if we if we were making this today, we wouldn't have done it. End of story, you know. Unless so. you're Steven Spielberg, then you can go back and erase things like the guns that the cops are holding on the kids as they fly over. Yeah, <laughs> or George Lucas. And yeah, or George Lucas. Or, yeah. Go back and change things that don't need to be changed. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But so yeah, unfortunately, Brent Shalom is no longer with us. He passed away back in '97. Uh, so uh, I thought that was kind of crazy, you know. Like when you're watching, you think like, man, I haven't seen like mm-hmm. anything. Like you, you try to think of like, I wonder what these guys grew up to be, you know, or if they were doing anything. And then you think like, man, I don't ever remember seeing that kid in anything else. And that's pretty much why. Like <laughs> he grew up and went to school and everything, and then uh, unfortunately died at a very young age. So uh, rest in peace to Brent Shalom, old Horace. Um, nobody's calling you fat kid up in heaven, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's looking down upon us. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's beside him. Hey, fat kid, look at this. Oh, they're talking about you. Even up here. <laughs> um, anyways, it also stars Ryan Lambert as Rudy. He's kind of the, the Fonz kind of kid of the group. Like, uh, I also thought the age, ages of these kids were kind of weird, right? Like, they're all oh, supposed yeah. <laughs> like there's clearly an elementary school at the beginning of it, like because it says like blah blah elementary school in the building, but these <laughs> kids act way older than any kid that would possibly be in, in elementary school. Meanwhile, this kid yeah. from they say he's from junior high, Rudy, is hanging out with these little kids like and he has no issue with it. Like <laughs> he's supposed to be the cool kid, but he's hanging around with these fucking elementary school <laughs> he's, kids. Yeah, he's supposed to be the cool kid, but he's trying to get into the Monster Squad club, you know, in, the, in their treehouse. Yeah, and he's trying to get with a high school girl, which that remember. part makes sense, yeah. but everything else doesn't, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you basically probably only remember him from this and Kids Incorporated. He was like in almost every oh, episode yeah, of Kids Incorporated, Incorporated <laughs> if you recall that show. It stars Ashley Bank as Phoebe. That's the little girl. You, you would really only remember from this and a handful of TV shows. I mean, it, it sounds like she pretty much left the business sometime in the 90s or early 2000s or something. Like, she hasn't been in much other than like a good handful of TV shows. Probably more one of the more well-known uh, character actresses, uh, I, I'd say, of the 80s and 90s. Is in this as uh, Emily and Sean's mom. It's Mary Ellen Trainer, which is here's your Goonies connection. Remember, she was the mom in Goonies, yep. <laughs> and she's the mom in this one. She was also in all four Lethal Weapon movies. Remember, she was kind of like the psychiatrist that Mel Gibson's character kept fucking oh, with. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that's her. Uh, she <laughs> so, was in a number of other things. She was in Action Jackson, uh, the first Die Hard. Um, unfortunately, she passed away in May of 2015 at the age of 62. I didn't see a cause or anything, but she's no longer with us either. It also stars Leonardo Semino as Scary German Guy, and that's how he's listed. They never give this dude a name. Yeah. <laughs> In the credits and everything, he's just Scary German Guy, which is hilarious because Leonardo Semino is uh, from Italy, for, or from Italy. I'm sorry, he's Italian. <laughs> from Italian. Uh, he's from Italian. Yeah, what do you what do you do here? Um, but the dude has been in a all of, all of a sudden goes to New York. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Hey. Italy, my way. Except this, I'm scary German guy. Leave me the fuck alone. Here. Get out of here. Yeah, the fuck off. Uh, I'm gonna scare. He just didn't talk. They had a dub. Otherwise, I'm gonna scare German guy. Try this pizza sauce. I'm I'm sorry. This is racist. Um, you know some of these nods or what? <laughs> <laughs> you know these Italian nods, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. We've just lost the entire Italian, two people in Italy that listen to this. Yeah, you don't know how it was growing up in Germany, all right? <laughs> um, you'd, uh, you'd know him from a handful of things. Um, he He's literally been in, like, every fucking television show since, like, the late 50s. He was in Amityville 2, The Possession. He was in Dune. Uh, the Seventh Sign, uh, one of Willie's favorite movies, Hudson Hawk. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, once again, he passed away in March of 2012 at the age of 94. 
So uh, he, he had a long, fruitful career there. It stars John Grease, Grice, I, I'm not exactly, it's G-R-I-E-S, so it's either Grease or Grice, as Desperate Man. Now, they don't give the dude a name, he's just Desperate Man, but he's the Wolf Man. I mean, a lot of way things, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's the, he, he's the dude that turns into the Wolf Man, but I think the Wolf Man was played by a different dude. I don't think it was him in the uh, in the Wolfman outfit. In the creature suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would mo- he's been in a handful of things. But you would mostly know him as Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was also in uh, Terror Vision, Fright Night Two, and uh, remember that Martin Lawrence show, Martin. He was in a bunch of episodes of that. I I, I kind of remember him from that, but I, I can't quite place what he was in Martin. But he was like fifty, sixty something episodes of that. So. It must have been somewhat of a big deal, and I'm just not remembering it, but I used to love that show back in the day. And uh, it also stars Stan Shaw as Detective uh, Sapir. He's, uh, you know, Sean's dad's uh, detective partner. Um, you would know him from Rocky, like a thousand television shows. He was in Harlem Nights. Once again, another connection to that movie Daylight, the Stallone movie. He was in that. And more recently, as far as horror-related, he was in Jeepers Creepers 3. So, yeah, he's, he's uh, one of the more well-known character actors of the last 30 years for sure. And uh, last but not least is Jason Hervey as EJ. He's kind of the, the shithead that picks on Horace and all that uh, a couple times in the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, you, you would Wonder mo- Years. Yeah, <laughs> you would mostly know him as the big brother in Wonder Years. He's been in a handful of other things, and apparently he's produced like 40-something uh, random TV shows and stuff like that. But, uh, mm. yeah, that's mostly what you would know him from as being the asshole kid from <laughs> everything he played in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he was always a punk ass. Yeah, he he had like punk ass down to an art, I guess, back in the <laughs> yeah. back in the eighties and nineties. So that was his that was his thing. So I, I mean, that's really about all I have. Did you did you guys dig up anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into it? Or well, uh, I had one thing. Do y'all do y'all remember a live action TV series called The Monster Squad from like the? I think it was like seventy six, seventy seven when it aired. No, that that'd, pop, that'd be a, that'd be a bit before my <laughs> time. I'm an old ass mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, so some of those things, even from the seventies, I might have caught in reruns or something. So yeah, if it didn't yeah. play, if it that didn't play, reruns. I don't remember that one rerunning too much. I mean, it did rerun back in the late seventies because like, I saw it. I, I mean, I probably saw it when it first aired because I was old enough, and I was probably three when it, three to four when it first aired. But it probably aired in a little syndication around, you know, the next couple of Saturday morning seasons or whatever. But it was a uh, it, and it's called the Monster Squad, and uh, it was it was a uh, Fred Grandy. Played like a night watchman at a wax museum. He was the guy who played Gopher later on in uh, Love Boat, you know, Fred mm-hmm. Grandy. But uh, in Monster Plot in the Squad, he was a night watchman, and he would uh, he was also like a budding crime detective type, you know. And uh, he built this crime computer that he hid inside the wax museum. And for some reason, like the sound waves from the crime computer reanimated these wax figures of Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and uh, uh, Wolfman. And and then uh, then for some reason or other. They they become superheroes and like the Fred Grandy's character, the Night Watchman is like the, the his base of operations is the crime computer and he sends them out in the monster van to you know sends them on missions against to fight bad guys and stuff. It's basically kind of like a sort of like a '60s Batman type of thing. Has absolutely nothing to do with this movie except that it was called <laughs> the Monster Squad and actually has Frankenstein's monster, uh, Dracula and Wolfman in it. Doesn't have the mummy or the creature, but but it had them. So I don't I don't know. I've never heard whether Fred Decker mentioned ever seeing it or not, but it's just. Strange coincidence that it's also called the Monster Squad and has those classic monsters in it. But plot-wise, has nothing to do with this movie. I've never seen it, but it sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. And I, I need to track it down on DVD. <laughs> it's awesomely bad, like just like the '60s Batman series. You know, it's, 
it's fun. It was fun. Surely that's got to be on one of those like random uh, streamers that like you know when you have a Roku stick and you can download yeah, these yeah, random fucking like uh, <laughs> streaming platforms that do shit for free with ads and stuff. Surely it's got to be on one of those. Yeah, it's got to be. I think it. I think it did have a DVD release at some point back. Who knows when? Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's got to be on some streaming. Service. Probably in the like the DVD heyday of the early two thousands. You know where everything <laughs> was getting put to DVD. Yeah. Like from like what nineteen ninety eight ninety nine up until like two thousand ten or so that that <laughs> give or take. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that was put out on yeah. those first generation DVDs that still hasn't been re released yet. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of shit that hadn't even been released on DVD period yet. Yeah, because a lot of that early DVD stuff was just like VHS dubs and stuff, right? So it's just here you go. Pretty much. Here's yeah, a copy or, or of it. Whatever on the, the early system of remastering was, of course, it's not as not as a. Uh, High tech as it is yeah. now, as far as cleaning up these prints, so you'd be hard pressed to find some company that's going to spend a dime, you know, a ton of dough uh, remastering the Monster Squad TV show <laughs> yeah. for uh, <laughs> for Blu-ray or something. Somebody out there needs to do it though, the same way they need to do that live-action Ghostbusters thing. You know, there was a filmation animated Ghostbusters, but there was also a live-action Ghostbusters that, that I think the filmation animated one kind of took off on. Huh. <laughs> that was also a Saturday morning seventy. There's a, there's a whole plethora of 70s saturday morning stuff that hadn't really been mm-hmm. touched yet at least not in wide release on DVD. during during the mid to late 80s boom of calling everything blank busters <laughs> yes uh liam neeson you know from taken star wars all that good stuff mm-hmm. uh was paid for a bit part but it never got shot for this movie dustin diamond had a small role in this movie <laughs> that ended up getting cut i could definitely see that <laughs> And then this one I just thought was kind of odd. Uh, in 2006, Wizard Magazine made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time. Dracula made the list from this movie. Huh. That particular version of Dracula. That particular version of over all other Draculas. And this was, a top, wow. this was a top 100? Yeah. No, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess maybe if I'm doing a 100 and I'm scratching for the last few... Okay, maybe, but yeah. no, as the best Dracula, that nah, fuck you. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, you might not, you might not think it's Bela Lugosi, but then you know, there you got Christopher Lee that would be in contention. I would think way before. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not that, saying that he didn't do a bad job as Dracula. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he did, did a, job, he did a good job. It's just, I don't not know. Yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Wizard isn't around anymore. That and many other things. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a handful of people like, what's Wizard? Yeah, Wizard, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I did notice one thing when I, I didn't watch this on my, I have the DVD, right? I didn't watch the movie on the DVD, but uh, I did plug it in to watch some of the extras or whatever. Now, the deleted scenes, a lot of the deleted scenes that were on there were like more scenes with the mom, you know, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer's character. You remember there's a scene in there somewhere where like, well, it's, it's during that time when Dracula goes to their house and then blows up the clubhouse blows up the yeah, yeah. <laughs> now if you if you were paying attention when they went back in the house and she's coming out like what the fuck was that you know and then she comes down yeah there's some suitcases sitting there do you remember seeing the suitcases hmm. sitting there on the floor i didn't even really i, don't I, know, I, don't know I actually that. noticed it before i watched it, the latest scene i noticed it i'm like huh it must be but remember there were there was like this tension between they them right? like they're fighting or whatever yeah well there's a deleted scene yeah. where basically shows her like packing her bags and she's ready to leave uh, they cut they cut that out, but they left the scene in the, in the final cut of the suitcases sitting on the floor. Oh. So, like, so there's suitcases there with no explanation. <laughs> you just kind of have to infer if you even if you even pay attention to it at all. But apparently, there is a deleted scene of her like packing her shit and like I'm leaving, you know, uh, and, that, and that's when it happened. But there was a well, couple. I did of... see something saying that, um, 
that they chopped out like I think it was like 13 minutes out of this movie just because uh, just to make it even more fast paced than just to make it an hour and a half like the, the people that met that uh, I guess the producers didn't want it over an hour and a half. Yeah, now there's some explanation in terms of at least one deleted scene on there that apparently they don't know where the hell, at least at the time of uh, them making this in 2007. They might have found it since, I don't know. But as of that time when they made that DVD set, they lost the deleted scene where apparently it was a longer uh, scene, the the whole fight at the beginning between Dracula and Van Helsing, the, ho- the whole mm-hmm. thing at the beginning. Apparently that was going to be much longer. More explanation oh, okay. and, and, you know, and, and this and that. Remember, it just kind of, instead, it just kind of ended. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just kind of came, and we'll go into that in a second. But, uh, yeah, apparently there was a longer cut, a longer vision of that scene that they just cut down for time, I guess, and then uh, they lost it. So that's not, that scene, yeah. at least on that DVD set, it's not even on there. They just explained what it was. And then, you know, the, the deleted scenes that they had were supplied by Fred Decker. I guess he had his hands on some of the deleted scenes. But most of the oh, ones yeah. on there were just really just useless fluff kind of stuff, you know, like, Maybe a couple different uh, angles on like the. Remember, there was a scene where the mom and the dad are fighting, and he's watching them. And they're by a fireplace fighting, arguing or whatever. <laughs> There's like a different angle cut of that, and some other shit. Three minutes of the uh, one kid talking about Wolfman Nard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing but Nard, Nard talk. Um, the only one, the only one that was kind of funny was apparently now you know getting ahead of ourselves. It, once again, you know we forgot to mention we are a spoiler podcast, so uh, if you haven't watched the movie, hit pause, go watch it, and come back. But later on in the movie, when Gilman dies, you know, the creature or whatever, they wanted him to die, like his head, they wanted his head to go to the side when he died, and they wanted, like, live fish to fall out of his mouth. Like he had just ate a bunch of fish, and then they were, you know, falling out of his mouth. Apparently they couldn't get the gag to work right, but but on the deleted scenes, there's like six different cuts of them trying to get these damn fish to come out of this, (laughs) come out of this damn thing's mouth, and it just looks stupid. It's just like they literally just toss like some uh, some minnows on the ground, like yeah, you know. <laughs> and he kind of turns his head like, Ugh, you know, like they're trying to come out. It's kind of funny, but it's it's just it, clearly it yeah, was. Yeah, I can see it, that it practical. Was, I could see that in the script. It's like you know what would be a good idea, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fish That's mouth and he dies, and it sounds great, and you know, in theory. Yeah, but trying <laughs> to actually do it, you know, yeah, this, it. this yeah. is dumb as rocks. Let's, you know, <laughs> this movie's dumb enough. Let's not dumb it down even more by. You know, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all the deleted scenes where I, I figured I'd add that in before we got into it. Um, but it would have been interesting to see the longer cut of the, uh, beginning, you know, to see more of the Van Helsing stuff there. Yeah, that would be, that would have been cool. It's time to refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand with a parade of items to tempt your taste. Hot buttered popcorn, golden good and fresh from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich and full of flavor, ice cream and other good things to eat, plus ice cold Coca-Cola. So bright, so bracing, with a taste and tingle all its own. Alright, so uh, the movie begins uh, with the crawl, the screen crawl. It says, 100 years before this story begins, it was a time of darkness in Transylvania, a time when Dr. Abraham von Helsing and a small band of freedom fighters conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters and to save mankind from the forces of eternal evil. They blew it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching that as a kid. I'm like reading this like, man, this is going to be some serious... This, yeah. this this movie looks awesome, you know. What they blew it. And then you got that little bit of <laughs> yeah. little bit of gap of black before they blew it comes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> um, well, and then it's funny, like like the very next shot I think is like a shot of the the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it, it was it really the title, doesn't work. It's kind of the title screen where it says, I think you know the Monster Squad and whatever production, and then you see the uh, a graveyard, and then it kind of pans over to the castle. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know they used to do that, and I'm sure that in some ways they still do. Uh, you know, it's like here's a little bit of like live scene and make it look like it's real, and then here's a drawing in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's but, like a oh cutout. Oh my god, it looked. It looks so bad. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a thing in the '80s. That holding the mat drawings, and you knew when you were watching, say, somebody like, yep. like Lucasfilm, you know, doing a mat drawing versus whoever's doing oh, a mat drawing versus TriStar, TriStar Pictures trying to do it in Monster <laughs> yeah. Squad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell for sure in that that little thing. But then and, you know the, the old ones, the old Universal movies, which I know is what they were taking off on that intro scene and everything is kind of playing into the way a lot of the old Universal movies would open up. Yeah, but they had 19- a lot going for them then with black and white and the lighting and everything. Yeah, nineteen thirty eight, you could you could get away with <laughs> 19, that. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty seven, man. You know, standards were a little up. <laughs> well, and, and I think I think this movie would have went over. I think a little bit better if it would have been in black and white. Yes, it, well, you I mean, it, it would have gave a different vibe to it for sure. The mood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Wolfman's got nard still holds, <laughs> whether it's in black and white or not. But uh, well, look, some things are evergreen. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were going for. If someone were to view this in black and white, <laughs> would the joke still get over? Yes. <laughs> they blew it. Um, so then you go into the castle and you see uh, him transform. Like, you see a bat and then him transform in- into Dracula, you know. Then you see Van Helsing and, like, his mob. They roll in and they, they come into the cat. They bust in. They just blow the fucking, like, door open. And they kill uh, one of the brides. Like she's standing there, like eating a possum or something like that. <laughs> they they kill her, and then you see the amulet, and then they bring in a girl to do like the chant, like reading from the book. Uh, and then the dead start rising from the ground, like they're just popping up everywhere, like these uh, zombie. Well, not zombies, but you know these. Uh, well, I guess they would be. I mean, right, whatever. Uh, these these cor- reanimated corpses, living dead. Yeah, the living yeah. dead, whatever, start popping up out of the ground. Like, which I thought that was kind of a cool effect, right? Like uh, they didn't look too bad. Especially for yeah. the times, right? Yeah. Then a black hole opens up, which, yeah, as you eventually learn, it's like a hole to limbo. Limbo itself. It opens up and, like, sucks them all in, and then it just it just clicks. But I, get, I think the screen goes to black, and this is present day. Then you're outside of an elementary school, and this is where you're introduced to the two main characters, Sean and Patrick. They're with the principal. They, they've gotten in trouble over drawing some pictures. Hey, hold on. Let, let me go back for a second. Aren't... Uh... Are possums like a, a like a North America thing? Do they have possums? Do they have in Europe? Well, it's, it's Transylvania. Well, yeah, they they do say it's Transylvania, like in the in the first crawl, right? They're talking about yeah, in Transylvania. Yeah, time Transylvania. Of okay, so mm-hmm. you 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 uh, set the setting of Transylvania. I don't know if they have possums in Transylvania. Right? Yeah, I guess I, 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 I don't know. I possums were like a uh, like a North America South America thing. Maybe I don't. I really don't. Yeah, I, I've never given much uh, thought to the migration of possums, but uh, you might you might be <laughs> you know, right. If that's the case. They definitely didn't give thought to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eh, fuck it. We need her to eat something. So, uh, hey, possum. It's, you know, I saw one on the road before, way back. It's whatever uh, animals animals for movies are us had that day. Like, we got three possums. All right. Well, we really wanted some rats, but okay. Rats would have definitely worked better there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, with the yeah. setting, but whatever. Because I, th- I thought, too, like, you see them walking around, like, fuck, those are big-ass rats. What, I mean, that ain't rats, that's fucking possums. 
Why do they have possums? <laughs> um, no, I don't know if they were trying to infer that's what it was. <laughs> like these big, you know, large rats. Enor- yeah. <laughs> Instead of getting some uh, some big ass wolf rats, they got possums. And but all right, all right, I just looked it up. Uh, they're marsupials from Australia and New Guinea. I mean, you know, anything's possible, right? <laughs> so <laughs> they move these things around from country to country. Yeah. They need them for, uh, you know, Transylvania castles and to eat kudzu or something. I don't know. So, yeah, you're introduced to Sean and Patrick there. They're in trouble for, like, drawing some monster pictures for their monster club or whatever. And then the the overbearing principal, you know, is, like, telling them to knock it off. Uh, Then you're introduced to Fat Kid, Horace, uh, EJ, and Derek, who are the two bullies. They're messing around with him, and that's what (laughs) they call him some unsavory names. And uh, then uh, they they, like, smack the Snickers out of his hand and then stomp on it. And then uh, Rudy comes rolling in and <laughs> strikes a match on his shoe, and like light, then he light up a cigarette or something. Like he's you know he's he's yeah yeah he comes he comes like sliding in on his very uncool banana seat bike. Yeah. <laughs> I had a banana seat bike one time. It's not a cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not cool, Rudy. Knock it off. Not cool. <laughs> Smoke. That was something with you. Banana bikes were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they were different. Yeah, hey, I, I put the car, I made sure I had the cards in the spokes. You know. Yeah. At least it made a noise. <laughs> you know that. That Babe Ruth card. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that Pete Rose rookie that I stuck in the spokes of the... <laughs> this thing ain't gonna be worth nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it meant anything. I stuck it in there for noise. <laughs> I wanted to be cool. I had a motorcycle. So then Rudy rolls in and, like, you know, he's too cool for school and he makes EJ eat the Snickers off the ground. So that was a, you know, everybody's scared of him kind of thing. <laughs> then Sean and Patrick are walking down the road and they're arguing over Wolf Dork. <laughs> Wolf dork? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really got a thing for like the the, the wolf genitalia. Clearly, that's true. Yeah, that's this is a running theme here. And then you're introduced oh, to yeah, Phoebe. Patrick. That... He's got his. Uh, I had to take the moment to mention his fucking awesome skateboard there on the Vision skateboard that he is holding. Now, always I didn't have that one. I always wanted the psycho stick, but I never could get it. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool. He's got a Vision uh, Street Ghost, I think, board. Probably worth some shit now. I'm sure. <laughs> For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. Um, I found a kind of a cool little uh, article that kind of compares, like, you know, if you like this movie or, or show or whatever, you, you might like this audiobook. So I figured I'd list off a few of those if you wanted to uh, try to find something to, uh, that might interest you and this might help a little bit. If you liked The Haunting of Hill House, remember the, the series from uh, Netflix that came out last year or whatever? There's a book by Tananarive Du. What a weird name, but uh, <laughs> it's called The Good House. Apparently, it uh, uh, compares uh, to The Haunting of Hill House. If you liked Hereditary, which was a really good uh, horror film from a couple years ago, uh, you may like a book by Paul Tremblay called A Head Full of Ghosts. That's on Audible. If you like The Exorcist, which I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably like The Exorcist. Uh, there's a book by Shirley Barrett called The Bus on Thursday. If you liked Get Out, which was really good from a few years ago from Jordan Peele, uh, there's a book by Victor Laval called The Ballad of Black Tom. Um, there's a handful of others on here. I- I'll name one more. If you like The Witch, which that was really good uh, from a handful of years back, uh, you may like a book by Anne Rice called The Witching Hour, which uh, I guess uh, compares fairly to that. So that's just a handful of cool you know, books that you can find um, on Audible, and if uh, you'd like to do that, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com/spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com/spookshow, 
for your free audio book. Now, I was really hoping that the name of the book from uh, from the one recommended from Get Out was Get In. <laughs> if you like Get Out, then Get In. <laughs> get, go in? No, get, wait, no. get all up in. <laughs> go in. The, them wolf oh. nards. <laughs> wolf nards and getting off. Yeah. Ugh, what the f- <laughs> I'm in up to my wolf nards. No, no. See, so, yeah, anyways, back to what we were saying. Uh, <laughs> wolf nards so, roll deep. So, Sean and Patrick are arguing, but I got wolf dork. And then <laughs> you're introduced to uh, Sean's little sister, Phoebe, and they pass by the, this, uh, you know, creepy looking kind of uh, house with a uh, grown up front yard and everything. And uh, they, they say it's the house of the scary German guy. And, you know, you see the dude like peeking out of the curtain. And they're kind of leering at them, so they're kind of spooked by the dude, and they take off running. Then you see uh, the the plane, uh, the cargo plane scene, where <laughs> the two pilots are like, uh, uh, "Well, fly, I never saw myself flying a plane with a bunch of dead stiffs." Yeah, well, at least they don't ask for peanuts. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And then they hear a noise, uh, and then one the pilot goes back, and uh, Dracula's back there. And then like he opens up the hatch, and like Dracula's floating over the hatch, and then. Turns into a bat and flies away. But then apparently, now at this point, the the box never falls out, right? He now the thing I didn't see any boxes, right? Fall yeah. out, but all apparently, right. like the thing opens, he floats there, turns into a bat and flies away. Is all I remember seeing. Then all of a sudden, it shows a yeah. pond with like yeah. some coffins dropping down into dropping the. Into- yeah, yeah. So maybe the guys like up there, they just didn't show it, but the guys like fuck this and just starts t- kicking the coffins out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 get out. Or did they We're gonna empty it. cut it or something? You know, like for time. Like, okay, we don't need to show him like taking this and unharnessing this and unharnessing that, throwing them out. <laughs> so we'll just like deal with the non-continuity. <laughs> and also to jump ahead a little bit in the movie, right? So I'm thinking this whole time, like, what's the connection to this little town that they're in, right? Why the fuck would Dracula want to go there? Well, as it turns out, uh, the amulet is there, and some random old house on the other side of town. <laughs> And Dracula, I guess, is drawn to where this is, right? Like, mm. a lot of it, just that, that doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't jive about how he got there, right? <laughs> like, what are the odds? Oh, that, why uh, the amulet's even in this town, you know? That's... <laughs> well, yeah, like, this random town, this is where, like, because they yeah. say there's some throwaway line of, like, Van Helsing's followers thought they were hiding yeah. it from me here. So, like, what are the odds that, like, you know, from hundreds of, a hundred years ago, some people from Transylvania bring it to this small town USA and hide it in this creepy ass house out in a, out in a bog somewhere. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, he's on the, he's on this cargo plane. And then like, they kind of accidentally drop him there. Right. How did they know to accidentally drop Dracula there? <laughs> like, it just so happens when they're flying over this town that they make a noise that causes the dude that opens the hatch and he falls out and in, in the coffins and all that stuff in the right spot where the amulet is. Well, hey, well, hey, I know we're getting a little bit ahead here too, but we're talking also about the same, <laughs> the same guy. He's like, you know, Dracula has a cane where he pulls these electrodes oh, out. Yeah. That's what, like, <laughs> I was going to ahead there. I was going to mention the uh, the <laughs> the jumper cable cane <laughs> yeah. of Dracula. I mean, couldn't we all use that? Of course, <laughs> yes, we could. If you, you ever know, need like, to revive yeah. your Frankenstein, have this nice uh, jumper cable cane <laughs> or a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you'd probably die when you held it up and catch the lightning. So I mean, that's that's a little. Uh, that's well, a stretch. Like, like all that stuff is you know kind of like crazy. But the one that jumped out to me was uh, he sent Frankenstein to go find the kids. Yeah, how the hell did he know the kids had the fucking book? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then there's just this throwaway thing, like, where uh, Sean comes into, like, uh, he sees his mom and dad arguing or whatever, and then he sees a message wrote on the on the little whiteboard from, I, I'm assuming, his mom, like, oh, uh, a doctor uh, or a Mr. Uh, uh, Dracula spelled backwards. Whatever the hell his name was. Alucard. <laughs> yeah, Alucard. Uh, Mr. Alucard had called for you. I guess he's from school, question mark? And then uh, she wrote down, uh, what did she wrote down? Van About the Van Halen book. Yeah. If you look at that, yeah, it yeah. says Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> that Van Halen book, uh, possibly money? <laughs> so yeah, anyways, uh, so that whole thing with the cargo plane happens and they, they fall into a pond. Then it, there's a scene where they're giving Rudy the, the monster test to let him into the club. And I guess, you know, yeah, he passes it. They let him in. Then his mom... Sean's mom, when he comes back home, gives him the uh, Van Helsing book. She found it like, what did she just find it at, like a random yard sale or some shit like that? Like, here you go. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's I the, might like this. Yeah, it's the <laughs> fucking diary of Abraham Van Helsing. <laughs> it's not in a museum. No, no, it's in the yard sale. No, no, it's just randomly, this mom that knows nothing about this just happened to find it and thought you'd find it interesting, and it's all in German. <laughs> and it showed up at just the right time. Yeah. All well time, like Dracula falling out of the plane in the right city, and <laughs> this kid finding the book and everything. Bunch um, of happy circumstances. That's yeah, all maybe is. they just explain it off as a uh, magic. You know, <laughs> how did all these things happen, Fred Decker? Uh, fuck off, uh, magic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ten million dollars. That's how. Yeah, <laughs> twelve million dollar budget. Now beat it. So then uh, it shows Dracula on this overlook, like looking at the uh, entire city. Which you ever notice in a lot of '80s movies, there's always an overlook somewhere. Yeah. You know, where like they they get like a clear view of the whole city. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like where are these towns at? Like, well, <laughs> I know it's just like like in ET, right? There's a scene in ET. I think there's overlooking. There's a lot. I was just watching some other movie that I can't even remember the name of. I'm telling you. And when they came up over the top of the hill and looked down at the city, I'm like, that's that scene from Yeah, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> whatever, you, dude. Like, now now that I've pointed it out, you watch. Like, almost every other movie you watch yeah. from the 80s is going to have an overlook shot. Like, yeah, yeah. they're in a car somewhere in this overlook, and you can see the whole city, like, pl plain as day, right out in front of them. But <laughs> here's Dracula in this overlook spot, and then he says, let it begin. And then, uh, you know, lightning <laughs> and thunder and everything. And that's and a cool little good, effect, but... with, uh, the X-ray look effect where you see a skull in the flash of the lightning. <laughs> no, that yeah, yeah. X that wasn't an X-ray look. They just put up a, <laughs> a skeleton with eyes. There's just straight up like five <laughs> frames of a skeleton. Yeah, that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember it kind of scared me when I was a kid, so that's all that matters. Like, boo! Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Reminiscent of the large Marge scene. In oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's m far more terrifying. <laughs> I yeah. remember, side note, I remember reading an article about how, like, that, like, uh, traumatized, like, a whole generation of kids. <laughs> the large Marge scene from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so it's established that Sean's dad is a cop, and uh, he gets a call to, like, come down there, and clearly there's some issue between uh, the mom and the dad. Like, you know, I guess she doesn't want him to work. I, don't, I really don't know what the fucking beef is. Like, <laughs> she doesn't want him to do his job, and he's like, look, you, you know what you got? <laughs> you got the whole package. You knew I was a cop. You know, that, that old horse shit um storyline is going on so then like he's at or they, they cut to the station when the guy's calling him to come down and there's a guy and they're going nuts like uh i'm a werewolf lock me up and he starts beating the shit out of all the cops takes one of their guns and shoots it in the air lock me up and then they just that then the dude comes in and like shoots him like two or three times so the you know the guy's dead right then it cuts to them like the the two detectives down at the museum which th this small ass town has a museum with a mummy in it right <laughs> like they they don't really establish how big this town oh, is. Yeah. Like it's a big 
it's a big little town. I don't know what the hell, but it's got a museum in it yeah. with it's Egyptian mummies. It also has a wolf man and a mummy in the same town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the creature in the lake. Right? These these coincidences, <laughs> these coincidences are just astounding. Van Helsing's diary, the amulet, damn everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the perfect timing from the cargo pilot. I mean, just all of it. So yeah, there's a missing mummy at the museum. They're like, what the fuck? And then uh, then uh, the ambulance. Uh, is driving away with the the, the guy that uh, lost his shit in the, that they had to shoot at the police station. Uh, he turns into the Wolfman, and then uh, so the ambulance driver is now dead. Then you see Wolfman and the mummy who you know came out of the museum. They join Dracula in the woods, and then they go to this pond. And then Gilman comes up from the pond, uh, lifting up a coffin or a crate, and then they open it up and Frankenstein's monsters in there. And then this is when they use the uh, the jumper cable cane. <laughs> Uh, the cane that Dracula has just ha happens to have these little diodes that he pulls out, connects to Frankenstein's little bolts in his neck, holds it up to the sky, lightning on, on cue, hits the cane, and brings uh, Frankenstein back to life. Now, what he really should have said there when he threw it up in the air is, by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> Let it begin. <laughs> Send more cops. <laughs> <laughs> So this is when, like we said, the, the whiteboard scene with uh, Mr. A Mr. Alucard has called, and then he, he's like uh, Alucard. Like, and then that's the other thing. Like, how, why would you immediately try to decipher the guy's name, right? You know, like, <laughs> just a little thing I happen to do. Wouldn't you just be time. like, oh, Mr. Alucard called? That's weird. Oh well, moving on. No, he's like, hmm, Alucard, eh? And then deciphers it and uh, realizes it's Dracula spelled backwards. Um, and this movie, I know, is not the first to do that. I, I can't remember some of the other, but there's been a few other movies out there that have, have used that Dracula's name backwards as a <laughs> cover-up for him. Well, apparently, there's, I, a, there's a movie called Alucarda, which has nothing to do with Dracula, but actually has to do with a, a uh, sort of a cult, satanic European horror movie or whatever. Why they called it Alucarda, I'm not sure. But Well, the one <laughs> thing I take away from all this is that whenever I get a message... I should instantly try to spell that dude's name backwards just to see, just to make sure it's not Satan trying to call me or something, you know? The, Hello, it's, uh, it's Tannis? Not this. Not this. <laughs> uh, just tell him I called. <laughs> Hello, this is Bob. Got you, bitch. A <laughs> uh, Mr. He Dog called? He was called about, was calling about race car. I still got you. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. There's, there's sometimes when I read a name or something that doesn't quite sound right, I do look at it backwards. <laughs> from this movie. I, or just, from the whole... Uh, I just have the know, wrong set of instincts. I, I have the wrong set of instincts, apparently. I've just never... <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I think it comes from all these horror movies where things are, you just spell it backwards, and it's, oh, it's so clear now. Yeah. You've, listened, you've watched way too many horror movies and listened yeah. to way too many Aussie records. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because in all those times that I've looked at that name backwards, 100% of the time it doesn't mean shit backwards either. Yeah, well, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> and it didn't mean shit here either, but they made it mean shit. <laughs> so then uh, th this was another one of those weird scenes that had I, I, I failed to mention in the deleted scenes. All right, so there's a little boy. It turns out his name's Eugene. He says there's a monster in his closet. His dad comes in. Uh, I don't see any uh, uh, monsters or whatever. He opens up the closet, but he doesn't look in there, and the mummy's standing there, and then just closes it. Now go to sleep. You're not sleeping with us. That then, kid's got a sweet-ass pair of damn Robotech pajamas. I'm <laughs> Robotech. <laughs> I would have wanted those as a kid. I never so, saw Robotech pajamas either. So then the <laughs> very next scene is the boys and the Monster Squad. You know, Now they're calling it the Monster Squad, right? 
the boys are in the clubhouse and Eugene's in there. It's like you just saw him in his bedroom with his dad. Like he's supposed <laughs> to be in bed and all of a sudden he's sitting in there with the dog with the rebel hat on <laughs> in the clubhouse <laughs> joining the monster squad, right? So I'm like, what the fuck? What's, where'd this come from? So there is a, de- <laughs> there is a deleted scene on there that uh, at least explains it a little better. Like right after his dad leaves the room, uh, the three boys, like Sean, Patrick, and uh, Horace, like appear in the window and say, hey, Eugene, come on, let's go, or something like that. So like there was like one little, one little, like literally like 15 second scene that would have explained why the fuck this boy all of a sudden <laughs> shows up in the clubhouse. Yeah. Now, that, why the hell would you even cut that out? I have no idea. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but, just leave that in. At least it explains like where'd this kid come yeah. from? You know, <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, a little a certain point when you're trying to trim this movie down where you know continuity gets lost, you need to keep that in there if it means 15 seconds. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, it would have. You know, I wouldn't even have gave it a second thought if you just like, uh, oh, they poked their head in and said, "Hey, Eugene, come on," you know. Maybe they left yeah. it out because then they'd have to explain, like, well, since you guys are here, can you help me get the mummy out of my closet? You know, <laughs> maybe that's why they <laughs> they cut it out. I don't know. but No, no, through the entire movie, the mummy is moving slow as you would assume a mummy would. Yeah. Except getting out of that uh, closet. Yeah. <laughs> Kid turns away and comes back two seconds later, and, and he's already out the window. <laughs> Exit. Stage left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Come to think, <laughs> come to think of it, that's probably why they did cut that out because he went back out the window, right? You see his bandages go yeah. out the window, so that maybe that's why they cut it out because then you'd have to explain why these three, Sean Patrick and Horace, didn't see the mummy just climb out of this kid's window. <laughs> but still, though, I mean, like it's just a weird transition. That's all. It would have explained it easier if they'd figured out a way to get squeeze it in there somehow. So, anyways, moving along. Uh, so now they formally formed the Monster Squad. That's what they're calling it. Uh, then, like you said, Dracula sends Frankenstein after them, like to get the book. And if they don't, if they don't uh, cooperate, kill them. So of course you send like a, a semi-retarded, uh, <laughs> <laughs> reanimated uh, big goon to go do him. And of course he does none of that. The boys uh, go to visit a scary German guy, um, <laughs> and then it, there's like a little scene where he, uh, Phoebe's like uh, messing with the flowers or something by the by the pond, and then Frankenstein walks up behind her like. Clearly an uh, an uh, an homage to the original Frankenstein, right? Where the mm-hmm. and that, he, yeah, he walks up behind the little girl and kills her, right? Um, yeah. Then it goes back to the boys with the scary German guy, and like, he's holding a knife, like this is your last chance to have a piece of pie. Um, <laughs> so they, and it turns out he's friendly and everything, and they give him the book and he translates it, and then basically tells him the whole story of like every one hundred years. Um, you can say this little chant inside this book, and then uh, you'll blow a hole in limbo, you know, uh, if you say this at the right time or whatever, at the stroke of midnight. And it just so happens to be 100 years. It's every 100 years, and that 100 years is tomorrow night. Then they uh, ask Rudy if he, if he knows if they know uh, any uh, virgins. <laughs> He's just, it's the, uh, the old spit take. Like, he does this, like, two or three times in the movie, too. Like, <laughs> hey, Rudy, know any virgins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think they must have been shot that scene a few times because I'm pretty sure that he started the spit take before he words even got the version yeah. before he got out. <laughs> He's just ready to spit his drink out like at all times <laughs> on his cool banana bike. Yes, that's right. So uh, then they go back home, and then uh, Phoebe brings out Frankenstein's monster, and then of course they quickly befriend him. Uh, <laughs> they're like walking down the street like it's ET, like holding hands and everything, like immediately, like oh, Frankenstein's cool, man. So they're then very uh, much like ET scene, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Dracula uh, finds the amulet like it's in this this creepy ass house that we mentioned earlier. Like he he busts a hole in the wall and finds it in there, but it's covered like in a bunch of crosses and stuff. So I guess he can't quite get in there to it. <laughs> Meanwhile, he can't send anybody else, like say the Wolfman in there. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh man, it's a good thing they put those crosses around it. But wait a minute, any of the other monsters could go get it. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're punching a lot of holes into this movie. I mean, I thought we all loved it, but uh, <laughs> apparently we hate this movie. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, that, that might, take, might be time to to mention that we, we we poke a lot of fun at a lot of these movies and stuff, and even though many of them, most of them, I mean, a lot of them we, we love wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. might come across as we're, like, you know, busting its balls. It's a, but it, it's, it is, uh, but it's all, it's all in, fun. Yeah, it's all in jest. I mean, I think we yeah. it's well established, <laughs> you know, that we all love this movie, and anyone our age yeah. bracket probably does, too, but... <laughs> It's all it's all in good fun. I mean, you're just pointing out the obvious, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so then, right, this is one of the best parts. There's an 80s montage. This makes the whole movie, right? There's an 80s montage <laughs> yeah. of them getting yes. ready to fight yeah. the, the monsters. <laughs> uh, I, I'm forgetting the song, uh, but it's... it's Rock Until You Drop. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I might as well mention that, too, a little bit on that. Since we're at that point in the in the movie was... Uh, that whole that song, and then the one in the end credits, you know, the the Monster Squad rap at the that plays over the end credits. Yeah, both of those were produced by Michael Cimbello. Uh He he didn't do the rest of the soundtrack. I think it was uh, some other. It was Bruce Broughton that did the incidental, you know, the the regular soundtrack. He just did those two songs. But he's probably most famous for doing the song Maniac from the movie Flashdance. No, ah. it's the Maniac. Maniac. Yeah. yeah, that one. I'm not gonna sing the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> We well, have yeah, you mean you mean the Chris Farley song, right? We have yeah, five yeah, we have five Actually, minutes carved out for song. you to sing this song. Go! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's too much. Pressure on me now. So. Now I actually waited through the credits to see who sang that Monster Squad because I remember that song. Like you know, I used to oh, sing yeah, it all the time. Now the vocals, I'm not sure who Monster did the Squad. You know, like so I waited through there. I'm like, I wonder who the fuck sang this, and it just says performed by the Monster Squad. I'm like, oh, you assholes. <laughs> so yeah, God knows like who actually sang it. Some bellow guy. But yeah, I don't know who did those vocals. <laughs> well, it was the Monster Squad. It was Monster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, well, one we'll of the, get the, there's some more history on that song Maniac, but we'll get to that. Once we get to some other movies, not Flashdance. We're not doing Flashdance on the show, I'm sure. We will probably get to the movie Maniac from 1980, which oh, this yeah, song has sure, to be yeah. with. So we'll get uh, back to that. Um, so, yeah, after this montage scene, uh, you know, them getting ready. Like, they're making steaks, and uh, the, uh, Rudy knows how to make silver bullets. Uh, <laughs> there's all kinds <laughs> of shit, like, they're doing here to get ready. Um, By the way, I just want to mention uh, the silver bullets don't have, like, uh, gunpowder at the back of them to fire. <laughs> they just pour, they just stole it's their just mom's a silver slug. Yeah, they just stole they their just mom's silver, slug. melted it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they didn't watch Silver Bullet yet. Silver Bullet came out in '85. You know. Yeah, if they'd watched that, yeah. they would have knew. Yeah. And uh, Gary Busey, I just felt like saying his name because he's in Silver Bullet. <laughs> uh, Crap! I gotta say the name, otherwise, for the rest of this podcast, that's all yeah, I'm gonna think about. Yeah, you're gonna be thinking about Gary Busey. <laughs> and then Gary Busey remember, takes the stake to the heart. God Almighty, I did it again. Remember, remember in South Park when uh, uh, with Cartman, all they'd have to do is uh, "I'm sailing away," and then he'd have to sing the rest of the song. <laughs> he was compelled to sing the rest, so all they'd have to say is that. He'd sing the whole thing. It's like that. I have to say Gary Busey when someone brings up a uh, silver bullet. 
Um, <laughs> and what does it matter? We're going to cut this part out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cut this whole thing out. For time, really... you know, for pacing and for time. We'll just cut it down. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, it shows uh, Dracula doping uh, the Wolfman. <laughs> I guess like why, why he's like uh, the normal. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's so he. Uh, what's the reason? So he doesn't there? try to throw a football over a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rico. It's not so he could fondle his nard. So let's get that on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know why we we're so focused on Wolf Dork here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think they only do this shot from the waist up. <laughs> And that's all for the spook show tonight. Uh, <laughs> so like, so basically, Dracula dopes up the dude that's the Wolfman, so he can go over here and like turn three girls into uh, the brides of Dracula, right? Like, he's just got like three girls in a closet. <laughs> as soon as he goes into the closet to do whatever the hell he's gonna do to those three girls, like the dude spits out the pills and then like makes his getaway and like uh, ends up calling uh, Sean's dad at the police department. To uh, warn because him. he knew his number. Yeah, <laughs> he calls him direct. <laughs> he's got a direct line of this detective. <laughs> calls him and like, uh, uh, I'm warning you, I'm a, I'm a wolf man, and, <laughs> and Dracula's coming to take your kid. <laughs> and then just <laughs> and wolf's out right. And the then phone. yeah, wolf's out on the phone, like smashes the phone booth and runs off and howls at the moon. Because I mean, how would you react when you got that phone call? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I'm the wolf man. <laughs> Dracula's coming for your kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only one way to react to that, and that's get like all the police department to come help you track down this man. Um, so yeah, uh, Eugene. Worth a shot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a mighty big nards to pull that off. <laughs> it takes a fine set of nards to pull that off, but by God, Wolfman's got them. Um, so they're they're the boys are hunting around. Doing whatever the hell they're doing, and then Eugene sees the Gill Man. Like he comes out of the, uh, or he, what he drops his Twinkie. Yeah, he drops his Twinkie in the water or something, and Gill Man comes up, and then he go. He he doesn't like scream or like really react to it. He just walks over to uh to Sean or whatever and says, "Creature stole my Twinkie." <laughs> like any normal human would just fuck and then run away. <laughs> He just calmly goes over, creature stole my Twinkie. Or if it was li literally any other monster, they would just grab the kid. <laughs> the kid would be dead and would have no chance to say, creature stole my Twinkie. <laughs> and then they would quickly go kill the other kids, and then this, the, the movie's over. I mean, uh, these monsters are really damn stupid. You know, you know, when the creature got shot at the end, I think we mentioned about, yeah, instead of the fish, they could have had the Twinkie come, Twinkies come out of their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but... Really <laughs> so then they eventually uh, 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 Rudy and uh, Patrick they go and ask Patrick's sister if she's a virgin um, so I guess she claims she is so uh, then they go to Dracula's or Sean and uh, Horace and Eugene uh, why you would take like the five year old kid I think they even say he's five or something right why the fuck you take the five year old kid to Dracula's house <laughs> but uh they take him, and then uh, uh, Dracula's down there with some dynamite trying to blow open that wall so he can get in to get the amulet. The explosion, like, causes, like, a part of the roof to cave in, and it buries Frankenstein. Uh, then, right at that time, it's this, this is the famous scene when they're like, oh, no, Frankenstein's trapped. He's going to die. We have to keep moving on. Wolfman jumps out, 
And then they don't know what to do. And he says, kick him in the, kick him in the nards. And then Horace kicks. Wolfman kick, don't have nards. <laughs> Horace <laughs> kicks him in the balls. And he says, Wolfman's got nards. When, uh, you know, uh, Wolfman like cowers down because, uh, he just got kicked in the nuts. Um, I just remember that being hilarious when I was like eight or nine years old. Just, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just rolling. <laughs> nards. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling them nards. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it like a whole generation called her started calling balls nards after that scene, and just the fact that they kept calling it nards throughout this entire movie. Like that's not the first time that wolf dork. Either way, they just kept talking about it throughout the entire movie. Um, Dorking nards. So then they were cornered, like one, down one hallway is Wolf Wolfman. One hallway is the brides of Dracula, the three the three girls that were in the closet. That he's he's already turned them in the in the three Draculars, <laughs> and uh, then uh, to the left is like Dracula himself. So they're kind of cornered. They're like, haven't you watched any uh uh one of the Hardy Boys movies or whatever? You pull one of these th- this lever, and then uh, you know a, a secret door will open. They pull the statue, and then they fall down like in this hatch. Uh, then down there, they find the amulet, like in the little, uh, like the, the hole that has been blown open, but they, they bothered to blow the hole open, but didn't go in there to get the amulet. <laughs> it's like, we need to go handle these kids quick, but the amulet, no, fuck the amulet, these kids, we need to go take care of this. So, uh, Sean's able to run in there and grab the amulet. And then as Dracula's like got a hold of him, Horace grabs like a, he's got like garlic toast or whatever the fuck with him for no, some was, reason. I think it was a slice of pizza, wasn't it? I thought it was like a piece of, like a sandwich or something that just had a bunch of garlic on it. I don't know what the fuck it was. but Well, you know, fat kid's going to fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's going to have right, a tin yeah. full of he something in his fucking pocket. the pie from the scary German guy, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> With a smile on his face. But anyways, he puts the whatever the pizza, toast, whatever the fuck it is on Dracula's face, and it burns him because it's garlic, right? So that, that lets them run away. And then, of course, when they go out, Phoebe uh, is with the scary German guy. And then all the other guys show up, so they're all together now. So now they pile into the jeep, and they're on the way to the to the church to do the to do the ritual, you know, to open up limbo. And then they hit the mummy on the side of the road, and it latches onto the back of the jeep. So he's hanging off the back of it. Then <laughs> perfectly, Rudy like ties one of the mummy's bandages to an arrow and shoots it perfectly into a tree. And then and then it unravels the mummy, like literally from legs all the way to head. And then uh, Rudy says, "See you later, Band-Aid breath." <laughs> and then it completely unravels them, and there's nothing but a skull on the road. The mummy's gone. Um, Which that was that was a cool, that was a really cool effect there, actually. The you know the unraveling of the leg and the dust flying out and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. And this that th- there's nothing to the mummy other than an evil spirit and a skull, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sean's dad and his partner they they they're coming down the road like they're responding to one of the calls or whatever, and then they just they they play like a game of chicken with Dracula's hearse, and then the hearse just drives straight through. Uh, their car keeps on going. Meanwhile, they're like, "What the fuck?" So they turn around and take on, take off after it. Dracula arrives at Sean's house <laughs> and just goes back there, lights up a piece of dynamite, <laughs> throws it into the clubhouse, and says, "Meeting adjourned," and then blows it. <laughs> then just blows it to Kingdom Come. Uh, then the dad and the partner show up, and then <laughs> the partner can't get out of the car in time. Dracula, this is awesome. Dracula's throwing dynamite everywhere, right? I mean, just think about that. This is <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. As as one does. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula throws a piece of dynamite under the car. Boom. The fucking partner's dead. Then uh, the dad starts shooting Dracula. Of course, that has no effect. He turns into a bat and flies away. And then the mom comes out right at this time to see this. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? And that was the scene that I was talking about where there were some suitcases on the floor. 
uh, where she was about to leave his ass, and then this happened, so I guess it makes everything all right. <laughs> Uh, so then they get sh- so this dad goes in and picks up the walkie-talkie because he's looking for Sean or the kids can't find them so he picks up the walkie-talkie gets Sean on the radio and then just throws the radio down like <laughs> to me wouldn't you keep that radio with you like so I can keep talking to your kids you know <laughs> and I was like fuck I, I know they're alright fuck this radio and then just <laughs> throws it down and runs away stupid technology yeah <laughs> so he tells them that they're going down to the old church or meet them in the town square or whatever so he he throws the radio down and heads out. So then they're in the town square setting up. They can't get in the church, so they're, like, right there in the street. Uh, while they're, like, getting uh, set up to start reading the book, the, uh, Sean or Patrick's sister's reading the book uh, with the scary German guy. Rudy fights off the brides. Like, uh, he kind of uh, arrows one of them with the, with the uh, wooden stake and then stakes another one or whatever. He's fighting them. And uh, hey, Hold on for a second. Now, with this scene right here, now earlier in the movie, they specifically point out that that the old scary German guy is not a vampire because he do, he, he has a reflection in a mirror behind him. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, the girls exactly. are walking up, and there's business for, business fronts along the line. Mm-hmm. And guess what you see <laughs> the entire time? <laughs> I did not notice that, but uh... <laughs> the reflection of the women the entire time. <laughs> that's, you know, there's that's... there's one other thing going back to that scene that we didn't mention that hadn't it doesn't have anything to do with the vampirism, but it does have to do with that back, exact scene where he's staring in the mirror. You know, to prove that he's not. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I know a thing or two about monsters. And, you know, and then he closes the door and you see his uh, concentration camp tattoo. Yeah, yeah. They don't ever mention that that's what it is. But, I mean, you would have to yeah, know. Yeah, to yeah. Put that. He's not a scary German guy. He's, you know, he was Jewish and he was in a concentration camp. And he knows about monsters because of that. They're, they don't spoon feed any of that to you. They just, that's just there. Yeah, know? yeah. They're they're trying to slip in a little history on you to see if you're catching it or yeah. not. <laughs> yep. It's like uh, what when we watched uh, Return uh, uh, yeah Return of the Living Dead, the guy that runs the morgue or whatever was supposed to be like a a, a former Nazi or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't know this unless you're paying attention to like the type of yep. gun he has and the uh, yeah. picture in the background or some shit. Yeah, it's like that. So yeah, oh, that, another thing to point out too before we get that is. Uh... <laughs> Isn't his sister, his sister was supposed to have spoke a little bit of German, right? At least maybe know how to pronounce it. Yeah, she says she, she's not okay. very good in her German class or something like that. She's flunking. Well, yeah, because earlier in the clubhouse, she's like, your sister doesn't speak German. All she does is hang around and let guys touch her tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so plant, oh, plant, apparently we see that that must have been the case because her pronunciation of German. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, uh, so Rudy's fighting the brides. Meanwhile, the dad shows up and... Uh, he shoots a bat. <laughs> he, I guess he sees like Dracula as the bat and like shoots him. And then he crashes through a window and then he goes upstairs in this building and finds him like half Dracula, half bat. Like that's probably but a the big bat's man size. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that's a, that's gotta be a big chunk of the budget. Just doing this stupid little scene, right? <laughs> like the, the creature uh, makeup effect on making him look half bat. Uh, so then uh, he, li- <laughs> so they light up a piece of dynamite or he lights up a piece of dynamite then the Wolfman attacks him from behind. Sean, d- meanwhile, the, the dynamite doesn't go off during this whole skirmish, right? But, like, Sean comes in, hits the Wolfman with, like, a bat or something. Dad then grabs that dynamite that hasn't gone off yet, sticks it in the pants, the front of... And the Wolfman snarled. Next to his wolf dork, <laughs> sticks it right there in the pants, and then they push him out of the window, and the boom, he just fucking explodes in midair. And just uh, like that. No more wolf nards. Yeah. <laughs> At least for the time being. <laughs> yeah. So then now, I remember, uh, now that's one of the images that stuck out of me the first time I saw that as a as a, well, I wasn't a kid kid. I guess I was like I don't know, fourteen, fifteen when I saw it. Uh-huh. 
and uh, <laughs> it was the Wolfman exploding after that scene. Like, whoa, what the? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, it goes back to the uh, uh, Patrick's sister outside reading from the book, and then she gets done, and then nothing happens. So they're like, what the hell? And then then you cut over to see the Wolfman, like his parts laying on the uh, ground, and he's coming back together. You know, his arms and legs, his nards, everything just comes <laughs> back. <laughs> they reconstitute, <laughs> and he comes back together. And then uh, he he comes back together and he goes wolf shit and starts beating the shit out of cops just like fucking left and right. Uh, meanwhile, they got a ton of cops that are just fodder for these fucking monsters in this movie, right? Um, they're just left and right, just getting bitch slapped and neck cracked and <laughs> arms broken and everything. They're not standing at a safe distance firing guns. And yeah, or they or they don't even all come at once. Like they do the old like uh But it's just going on man, you know, like grappling, you know, like I'm gonna just run in at this wolf <laughs> thing and like I can take it out by my hand. They're going full like Jackie Chan movie where they come in one at a time to attack, you know, like so he can <laughs> yeah. uh do all of his stunts. So then it tur- as it turns out, of course, this uh Patrick's sister is not a virgin. So she's like, well, there. Uh, I thought you were a virgin. Well, there was this guy. Well, that doesn't count. Like, what the fuck it counts, you know? So that's the joke, right? So we've been wasting everyone's time when she clearly just could have said, well, I'm not a virgin, you know? <laughs> so anyways, uh, then it goes back to Rudy, and he uh, sh- uh, he's being a- he gets attacked by the wolfman or something, and he, uh, he pulls out the silver bullets and shoots the wolfman, and uh, so now wolfman's dead. And, and the guy, like, goes back to normal and says, thank you. And then dies. So uh, he has a peaceful death, I guess, in the end. So then it shows the Gill Man. He shows up, or he pops out of the sewer, and then like starts uh, bitch slapping more more cops that they've sent in. Then uh, the little girl Phoebe. Uh, it turns out, she, obviously, not turns out, obviously, she's a virgin. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! The the, the five year old's a virgin. <laughs> Um, but it's like, she's only five. She can't read. Like, well, the scary German guy says, "Well, I'll help her." You know, I'll. Uh, walk her through it so then they start reading uh horace <laughs> this is this is one of the better parts uh horace uh comes face like uh, gets cornered and comes face to face with the gill man and ej and that other goon are like in the store and they won't let him in so then he has to turn around with the shotgun and he he just shoots gill man one time and gill man dies then ej comes out and says hey fat kid good job my name is horace so then, uh, fat kids around the world rejoice. Yeah, hooray! <laughs> Horace is the man. So then Dracula finally arrives, and he just starts. This is where I was talking about. He's mowing down the cops. Like, they're coming one at a time, like breaking arm. Next guy comes up, snaps a neck. You know, like just one at a time, like just beating the shit out of the whole police force. Uh, and then he walks straight over to Phoebe and grabs a hold of her, like by the by the jaw or by the neck, and holds her up. Let's start by the jaw. Yeah, yeah. And then says, "Give me the amulet, you bitch." <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, right from behind, of course, right on cue, Frankenstein shows back up and grabs a hold of him and says, "Bogus." <laughs> and then smacks fucking Dracula through the air and he lands onto a spike. Um. Then uh, that allows Phoebe and the scary German guy to finish the incantation or whatever they're reading there. To, uh, and then uh scary German guy throws the amulet and it opens up the hole to limbo. So everything's starting to get pulled in, you know, sucked into the black hole that has been created. And of course, in the middle of this, Dracula comes off the uh, spike. Like it shows the spike empty and they're like, huh? And then Dracula jumps on top of uh, Sean. And then Sean manages to grab a stake and stabs Jack- Dracula in the chest. <laughs> then Van Helsing appears out of nowhere. I guess he comes out of limbo. <laughs> He's able to come out of limbo just for a, 
a few brief seconds to grab a hold of Dracula, and then he's uh, he's fighting Dracula and he's holding him as they spin into the uh, in the limbo, and he looks back at uh, at Sean and like gives him the thumbs up. <laughs> at that point, he should, might as well have said it. You got it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you found out the hard way. Wolfman does have nards as he's floating away. So then, like, and then it, it kind of takes a, a bunch of stuff in the limbo as they kind of float away. And then there's kind of the sad scene where Frankenstein is pulled in. Like, they don't want him to be. And Phoebe's holding. You know, she's not really holding on. She's got his finger. But, you know, he uh, he's floating away. And then she throws her teddy bear at him. And he's like, boy. <laughs> and then floats in the limbo. Uh, and then, the, you know, the, the thing closes up right after that. And I guess all is well. And then all of a sudden, a tank and the fucking army roll in. <laughs> And they're asking for Eugene because he had sent that little letter, letter like, "Dear Army guys, we have monsters. Come help!" You know. <laughs> so they That's actually they actually <laughs> fucking respond to this and show up in full force. And uh, they're asking where Eugene is and uh, uh, who's Eugene and where are the monsters. And then the colonel or whatever the, who is in charge, whatever he is, is in charge. He's talking to Sean and the rest of them. He's like, "Who are you?" And they say, "We're the Monster Squad." And then they all kind of celebrate. And then there's the Monster Squad music. And then. The end credits. So there you go. From 1987, The Monster Squad. As always, we give our uh, star rating on a scale of uh, 0 to 5. So, Will, where are you at on The Monster Squad? I think I'm going to go with uh, 3 and 3 quarters. I'd say that's fairly high for, you know, a movie. Like, if you had never seen this and, you know, it's 2020 and you're watching a movie that's, you know, 30 plus years old. You may not have given it a, a, as have a great as this, but uh, you know I saw this back when I was a kid, so it holds some nostalgia for me. How about you, Smoke? Uh, for me, same exact. It's uh, as far as the uh, nostalgia factor is huge. I've seen it, you know, a dozen times at least. Uh, and again, it never gets old. Every time I see it, I never sit there and watch it. Going, you know, maybe maybe this will be the last time I watch it. Not every time I watch it again, it's fresh to me. So uh, I mean, I, I'm actually go with a four on this one. I know it's pretty high, but that's, uh, that's an important one for me. I guess myself, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with three and a half just because of, you know, the same reasons you guys are saying. I mean, you know, it's entertaining. It's a lot of fun. You know, it reminds me of a, a, a good times of my childhood, you know, watching this with my brother and my dad and everything. Um, yeah, it's corny, but, you know, and it's very 80s for sure, but, you know, it holds a special place. So I'm going to go a, a solid score for this one, the three and a half. With that all being said, we obviously all enjoyed it. So, uh, we're going to go with a couple of new segments starting this uh, show. Hopefully this will be a thing that we do <clears throat> every episode. Um, will, what's your task going to be from, from here on out? Oh, if we have to name it, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're giving ourselves jobs, then I call it jack shit. <laughs> the jack shit rating is through the roof. We're going to try to keep a, a, a death count or a death meter going on. In these movies, uh, in this one, uh, I counted eight. Uh, there may have been more. I mean, God knows what happens in Limbo. <laughs> uh, and even that eight's kind of in question because, like, I counted the mummy in that. He's dead, but he also died again. So it, it's kind of hard to say. But yeah, I counted uh, eight eight total. So you're counting the mummy, Gilman, uh, Wolfman. Yeah, the guy in the ambulance. Uh, the, the cop that couldn't get out of the, uh, yeah, car yeah. with the dynamite, mm-hmm. the mummy, the two vampire ladies, by the way, I'd like to point out that there was three anyway, <laughs> but uh, you don't see what happened to her. No, no, no. 
I think you do uh, see one of them like slide into limbo, you know, with the stake still in her. But I mean, that's, uh, that could that may or may not be the third, right? Yeah, Wolfman, uh, creature, and then I just put down a rookie cop and regular cop. Yeah, <laughs> is that one of the ones that like got its neck snapped? I'm pretty sure by Dracula. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Then head crushed by the creature. Yeah, smoke. What's your uh, new segment gonna be? Uh, well, I think in the uh, as a tribute to one of my favorite horror columnist Chaz Balin. We're gonna he used to do what was called the Gore Score. When uh I know now Josh, you were familiar with Deep Red magazine that he used to do. He wrote some books as well. Uh he would review movies, give his skull ratings is what he did, I think from one to five skulls. And then uh his gore score would be zero to ten. So so we'll say something, you know, like uh like Mary Poppins of course would be zero. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> something that we've done in the past like Street Trash or Reanimator would be like ten or nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll rate these. We'll call it the Gore Score for now in tribute of uh, to Chaz Balin. So I'd say the Gore Score for Monster Squad is the PG-13 movie. Some elements push that PG-13, maybe more so in the language, but a little bit of the violence. You know, the, the Wolfman explosion, and then the subsequent piecing back together of his body. You know, you got his innards out there and all that stuff. So you got a little bit of splattery effects in there, pushed it a little bit. I would say that the Gore Score for this would be a two. You know, it's not it's PG-13, so it's not going to be pushing boundaries that way. But I think we go with a two. Yeah, I'd say this one definitely, uh, like we talked about before, it definitely pushes that line, you know, between language and uh, and the little bit of gore that you do see in it. Um, it does yeah. push an R, but I, I think it definitely uh, <laughs> it, it earns at least a two for sure. And yeah. some of the things that you see, I mean, it, it, if it hadn't been a Wolfman exploding, if it had been a human exploding like that, it would for sure have been an R. I think they maybe maybe they gave it leeway with the PG thirteen because it was a monster. Yeah, <laughs> it blew up because of dynamite. A, a fantastical character. <laughs> No, we'll yeah, get, we'll yeah. let him get away with it. But yeah, between between that and the, you know the uh, the brides and whatnot getting staked and you know and a few staked, other things, yeah. yeah, I mean I'd say it earns that for sure. Creature, he gets he gets splattered with a shotgun to the chest and needs a little bit of little bit of. I mean, there's not like a blood squib, but there's the aftermath of him there with a blood splatter on. <laughs> Which would have made it so awesome if they'd have pulled out the fish falling out of its mouth gag that they were trying to do. <laughs> Um, you know, they could have done it to the gut you know he did a shotgun blast to the gut like a big squib out the back of a bunch of fish yeah <laughs> <in blood. laughs> all right so with that uh we're gonna uh tease what we're going to be watching on the next episode uh of the all-american spook show we are going to go back to a more recent film from 2016 the conjuring 2 we're going to revisit the uh the conjuring universe uh you know series of movies that we've already watched the first conjuring and uh the first annabelle so we're going to go back to that universe uh, on the next episode, and we're going to watch The Conjuring 2. The synopsis on IMDb is, Ed and Lorraine Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by supernatural spirit. So, yeah, if you want to get ahead of the get ahead of the game there, go, uh, go see if you can find The Conjuring 2 streaming anywhere, or uh, go rent the movie or buy it, whatever, and uh, make sure you watch it before the next episode. So... Um, you guys got anything else to add about the Monster Squad or anything else before we uh, wrap it up? That's about it. All right. So Wolfman for, has nards. Well, this is well established. <laughs> I mean, we spent the last uh, you know hour and a half or so uh, speaking on this matter. I think it's well documented that Wolf Dork, I mean Wolf Man, has uh, Wolf Nards. So there you go. So now that we've firmly established that, we can go ahead and sign <laughs> off for for this week. Uh, so I guess for Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh, and we are. The All American Spook Show podcast. We'll see you next time, guys. I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna leave the floor. I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna leave the floor. I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna leave the floor. I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna leave the floor. I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna leave
now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.